We Real Reeves. Welcome to Re Real Reels, where we review old movies, talk about our lives, and drink a little bit in the process. It's three brothers deciding if nostalgia can keep these movies in our good graces or if they fall flat. I'm your host, Panda Brandon, and with me is my two brothers. First up, the Polar Devin. And the Grizzly Xavier. What up, what up? Now, we are not film experts, so you might not hear a lot about cinematography or the geography of the scene. Yes. But you will know exactly what we mean, because we are just a bunch of dummies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little disclaimer before we begin. This podcast does contain spoilers, and we will be discussing the movie at length. This is an explicit podcast, so be prepared for harsh language and awkward situations. All sound clips, music, and trailers are used for review purposes only, and they belong to their respective owners. So, let's begin by uh, introducing ourselves, and we're going to start off with uh, the oldest, uh, Grizzly Xavier. What up, what up, y'all? My name is Xavier. I'm a grizzly bear, and the biggest, the strongest, you know... The blackest of grizzly bears here, or bears here. I, I love you guys, but hey. And then next up, the Polar Devin. What's up, everybody? Uh, I don't agree with Xavier's <laughs> goofy intro of him being the best. The mm. Polar Bear is definitely the best. The sp- spokesman for Coca-Cola for how many years? Grizzly bears haven't done anything. We're famous. We're drinking Pepsi right now. <laughs> now, speaking of drinking, we do always select a different kind of drink for each podcast we do, for each movie review we do. Polar, this is your decision, so why don't you tell them a little bit about what you brought us today. Uh, I brought the new Proper 12 Irish Apple, uh, Conor McGregor's old whiskey. You fucking noon. <laughs> You'll do nothing. <laughs> and it's all right, man. It's not too bad. It's not too harsh on you, as long as it's cooled, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rough when it was hot. We do do a, a couple segments here. Like I said, we do talk about our lives a little bit, but we also get into the movies. And the first segment we do is called uh, What Are You Doing? And What Are You Going to Do? And then in this segment, we simply talk about what we've done for the past month and what we plan on doing for the next month. So let's go ahead and dive on into What Are You Doing? What Are You Going to Do? Hey, watch it, pal. What have you been doing? What are you going to do, huh? All right, we're going to start off with you, old Grizzly. What'd you do the last past month, man? Well, this last past month, uh, what we did was we actually started a group for what I've been worried about this last few months. You know, the last podcast you did, my life podcast, um, we, we started a workout group where I think we all just encourage each other to 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 hit workout goals. And that's something I always wanted to do anyway, uh, because I'm at the heaviest I've ever been. Uh, I started off whenever we did the last one, the little test podcast we did. I was at 295 pounds, 94 pounds. And since then, I've been working out constantly for the past month. And so far, I've only, not, not only, but I think it's a good, you know, start. It's, I lost 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm at 176. Close enough. I got it 20. Well, you went to 176. That's mm-hmm. like 120 pounds. Oh, yeah. Damn. My bad. Well, I'm at two, 276. <laughs> yeah. With the hydroxy cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I want to keep it going. You know, you guys encourage me. Uh, hopefully I encourage y'all because I'm the 
biggest one in that whole group that we're in. So as long as I'm hopefully losing weight, y'all uh, you know, want to keep pushing and get your, your your goals. But other than that, um, I think about a few weeks ago, Tennessee just uh, delayed turkey hunting by two weeks. And so I went turkey, tried to go turkey hunting two weeks ago, a week ago, and it went horrible. Mm. The people that I brought was loud as fuck. It was it was it was bad, man. Was, some dude brought his girlfriend and she got a switch and she was just popping everything just on the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Wait, like a whip? Just a whip, just hitting weeds and trees, just scaring all the fucking turkeys away. And I had a little little turkey call just trying to because I had your shotgun, yeah. which fucked up my shoulder by the way. But uh <laughs> That's a man's weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We just walked around, you know, probably 60, 60 acres, I think is what we did. I went to the pond. I worked, I walked around. I tried to go to the other part. Didn't see anything, bro. Didn't hear anything because this bitch was sitting there. Indiana Jones Jr. Man, <laughs> it was pissing me off. I was just like, dude, just make her wait in the damn car. <laughs> but yeah, it was something I never did before. Something I always wanted to do. I didn't get nothing this time, but next time I'm bringing you, Devin. I'm not going if there's a to, uh, No, no, no. It's just, it's just, it's, <laughs> It's uh, just going to be me and you, and we're going to try to deer hunt. I thought you were going to say she was like, was she planning on using that whip on a turkey? Like, was you brought a gun. Was, she, was that her, her weapon of choice? Everybody else had a weapon except for her. She had a whip. She's going to whip the shit out of a turkey. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just know it pissed me off, so I told her, like, like just stop doing that. We're trying to draw a turkey out. No, you should have let her and just got your phones ready. That would have been a hilarious video of her out there trying to whip a turkey. Turkey would fuck her up. We didn't see shit anyway, so it's fine. But next time, we, I go to Atlanta and hopefully be to kill a deer and eat it. Dick Chain eater. Wasn't he the one who shot that guy in the back? No, I ain't doing when that When he was shit. on a... <laughs> I ain't. It was an accident. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but hopefully we'll get your top, uh, pop-up tent out. And we can, you know, look both ways the the where the land yeah. like intersects and shoot something. But I mean I think that's it. I think uh last time we talked did I have car problems last time? Did you have who? Car problem? Uh no, you mm-hmm. just got the Murano or the Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So I got the Murano back, yeah. it's doing real good. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to drive the truck, so hopefully later when I when I wanna sell it, which I doubt I will. Probably to get a newer one. I don't know. I can do that because it'll have way less miles because I'm only driving a Murano now. There you go. Yeah. That's all right. That sounds like an eventful month for you, is it? Yeah. Uh, what are you planning on doing next month? Next month, uh let's let's keep this workout thing going. I'm gonna try to go out for a lead position for my job. Mm-hmm. They they have one open, so I'm gonna go ahead and try to put in for it. Hopefully it'll be the same shift. And if it is, I'll do it and I'll get more money because Kate another two dollar raise. No oh, shit. Damn. And then this will get me a three dollar raise. Hey, hey, I'm telling you. Keep a choice. (laughs) We'll see what happens. All right. Well, let's move on to you, Polar Man. What have you done the past month? Uh, I haven't done shit. <laughs> uh, been drinking, playing Tiger Woods PGA 23, chasing chasing the golf dream virtually, not in real life. I did play golf a couple of weeks ago in the pouring fucking rain. It said like five percent chance. So we were all like, yeah, yeah, let's go out there, dude. And we show up, and it was nice. Sun wasn't out yet; it was early. And dude, we hit first hole. We go to the green to putt, and it just unloads for like thirty minutes straight, just downpour. I was pissed. Uh, other than that, yeah, I just been drinking, having some fun. I did. I went and played disc golf in Mississippi Wednesday, Tuesday actually. Mississippi is a wild place. Okay. If you've never been fuck that place them people are different i was playing disc golf and there's one hole where they're like one side's woods the other side's a reservoir like a lake and it goes in that, that water looks sketchy group of four was in front of me and one of them threw their disc in the water so i was like oh, i'll play through throw my frisbee they're getting in the water and these dudes are just like it's nothing i'm like i'm damn my head man that'd be crazy if there was an alligator in there i look over there's a fucking alligator <laughs> like a five foot alligator like 10 feet like 10 feet from this dude and i was like hey man there's an alligator right there and he goes Oh, it's okay. I've been chased out of here before. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is wrong 
wrong with you? That was like a $14 Frisbee. But yeah, that was uh, that was wild. Yeah, I ain't been doing nothing. Swimming in the pool, shooting blackbirds. We got a pool installed and we found out real quick that uh, blackbirds are fucking assholes. They have this weird defensive thing where they see their reflection like in the pool and they will shit in the pool. It's like a def- like a territory thing. They're trying to mark the pool as theirs. So they just, they will literally shit on the ground, pick it up with their mouths and fly over and drop it in the water. <laughs> They've been dropping their babies and stuff, dude. Like they are, it is the weirdest thing. They dropped a dead, like a baby bird on the side of the pool. It was just sitting like, like not an egg, a baby bird. No feathers, nothing. I was like, this is weird, man. And then Scott, I came home one day and Scott, father-in-law, he had like a 20-foot piece of wood. He was just up in the trees trying to knock out their nests. <laughs> and he's out there shooting like up and down the fence line with a BB gun trying to shoot them. So we bought BB guns and we have been tagging blackbirds. Mm. I'm telling Brandon one crazy quick story too is uh, Dylan, psycho neighbor, I found out. He shot a blackbird and it didn't kill it and just wounded it. And it was like hobbling around in his yard. And he runs across the street like full sprint, like Rambo style. And just grabs this blackbird and snaps its neck. <laughs> I was like, yep, something wrong with him. God dang. <laughs> yep, that's what I've been doing. Well, that's all right. What are you planning on doing next month? Not not drinking a lot. I just hurt my foot this weekend, so hopefully it's not too bad. But I'm, I'm probably going to play a whole lot of disc golf if I can. And then hopefully get some fishing in if the weather allows. But the weather's been the problem. It's raining so much or cold. Well, probably those those things. What I've been doing the last past month, uh, at least, I've been watching a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I've gone to see uh, Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, I seen that. Which was, uh, was it good? It was all right. Okay. It got a little weird, real supernatural at the end. Kind of, you know, it went from the realistic to un- super real unrealistic. But mm-hmm. it was okay. Yeah, I think. Um, Russell Crowe did his thing, you know. I think he did his job in there. There's a lot of comedic, comedic stuff in there. It's pretty. I like. Oh yeah, at least for Sam, she thought that shit was, it just, was, a comedy? was so funny. No, oh, it's not a comedy. No. No. He was just riding his little scooter like to the place, and he's so fat, and she was just like, <laughs> she's the only one laughing in the theater. And I'm like, what is so funny? Isn't that funny? But yeah, it, it was all right movie. I watched that. I watched Evil Dead Rise. That's a good one. Yeah, that one was crazy. Uh, we watched uh, Sisu, which was very good. And then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was amazing. Which uh, I think that's another trilogy added to the Where all three of them were great. All three movies were were off the chain. Just like Lord of the Rings or The Matrix or Rush Out. It's up there with those. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Two wasn't all that. But, uh... Man, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I started, um, I, I finished Hedgehiker's Guide to the Galaxy the novel and I started the restaurant at the end of the universe which is the book after that one started working out again as we discussed and I did something I'm, I'm, I'm a problem solver I like to just try to you know if somebody presents me with a problem I want to try to solve it even if it has nothing to do with me but Sam's uh, Instagram got hacked don't know by who or for what reason but uh, her Instagram got, got hacked they changed the recovery email and the recovery phone number damn yeah they just just took it over they didn't add no pictures post anything they made it they switched it from private to public. That's about it. You know, they didn't do anything else. And so I was like, man, how can I get this? You can't get in contact with anybody who works for Facebook. That That's impossible. But she logged back into her Facebook. So through her Facebook, I was able to get into the Instagram. And I was able to verify that she was her by, like, they did like this selfie thing where you take a picture of your face or something. And they, by doing that, I was able to get back into it. And then I used the two-factor verification. So now that she can't be hacked now, or at least to my knowledge, it'll be harder to hack her because you have to go to this app, get this code that's linked to the Facebook and then put that code in. That code changes every 18 seconds or something like that. Essentially, she shouldn't be able to get hacked again. And we blocked whoever it was out of the the thing. And when we got back into it, her notification said that somebody logged into her Instagram from Dallas, Texas. Huh? Okay, they're 
Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> well, they ain't robbing railroads no more. They're stealing Instagrams. I mean, they they might have just a, a VPN, and that's just where it's Probably. saying that they're from. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, that was that was the past month. And um, also, I own a comic book shop called The Collectors in Lebanon, mm-hmm. Tennessee. And yesterday it rained. It rained torrential downpour. <laughs> Okay, and I discovered that when it rains really hard, really fast, all at once, the walls start to leak, like the shining, like blood was coming down the walls, man. But it was water, and it was just coming down the walls. It was the weirdest thing. Normally, you think of a leak going drip, drip, drip. Yeah. It, the, the the walls were just running with water. <laughs> so I, I imagine something's clogged up there, and we got to go unclog it, and we'll we'll get it figured out though. But I just thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's my past month. What I plan on doing for the next month is seeing some more movies, checking some more stuff out. Uh, reviewing our next movie, whatever that may be, we'll we'll get to that at the end, and uh, yeah, just uh, probably solving some more problems, you know, like solving problems. Yeah, well, Nick, if I have a uh, Instagram problem, I know who to talk to. Man, it was satisfying fixing yeah. that, getting back in there. It was that was something. You know what's crazy? You're saying you watched a lot of movies. I watched a bunch of movies at home though. Like I've been trying to watch just random stuff since we're doing this now. So I can be like, oh, I might put that in next month. So I've been watching all kinds. Of, and then plus Mandy, you know, like we talked, she mm-hmm. she's not she don't watch movies. So I'm like, you seen this? It'd be like like Training Day. No, oh, what is that? God. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding oh, me? My God. Or like uh, Pulp Fiction, or I mean, The Book of Eli, all these. She ain't never seen none of them. So it's it's cool watching these movies again, because I'm like, damn, that's a good movie. And some of them you watch, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I like this. <laughs> that's it for what we're going to do, what we did. We have another two segments before we get to our movie review. And the first one up is The Polar Plunge. You know what really pisses me off? Oh, you're about to find out. Take it away, Polar. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about carbon credits today. Uh, if you don't know what a carbon credit is, I'm gonna explain it to you, and uh, it's probably gonna piss you off as well. Uh, so we'll start with the the Webster's definition of what a carbon credit is. Uh, it says it's a permit which allows a country or organization to produce a certain amount of carbon emissions, and which can be traded in the full allowance is is not used. That makes sense. Which can be traded in the full. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so for dummy terms, basically it's uh, it's kind of a permit that represents one ton of carbon dioxide removed from the atmosphere. So if you own an acre, uh, just for reference, you might have uh, tree-wise enough to, to provide yourself with a one-ton carbon credit, just with owning, a, owning land, pretty much. Um, examples of carbon credits are reforestations, uh, building renewable energy, carbon-storing agricultural practices, and waste and landfill management. You can also just own land and have and sell your carbon credits. I know I talked to you about this day because your family owns a ton of land. Yeah. But yeah, if you own a bunch of land, you can sell that to a company to offset their carbon footprint to the environment. So like when you see, uh, say Nissan, they emit X amount of carbon emissions uh, yearly with manufacturing plants. Right. They can buy carbon credits from you, which is just you own land, and then they're saying that that we're offsetting it with his land. They didn't do anything. So they don't have to make their engines or no. their their exhaust any better. They no. just have to be like, hey, I own a bunch of trees, so we're good for the environment. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, none of these companies, no, no one has to do anything whatsoever other than buy carbon credits from other people's land. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so for reference, uh, average cost of a carbon credit is uh, one carbon credit usually costs about 20 to $30. 
uh, per acre. So if you have 300 acres, yeah, your family's getting loaded up with carbon <laughs> credits just to have it. You got some trees, bro. Good job. Holy cow. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Um, the average yearly amount of carbon emitted from a passenger vehicle is 4.6 tons. This is based on 22 miles per gallon and 11,500 miles traveled in a year. So basically, you would need four carbon credits to offset the emissions in your car if you were trying to save the planet like these people say they are. So about four acres. Yep. So, for example, uh, in 2019, private jet travel emitted an estimated 899,000 metric tons of CO2 into the atmosphere. Uh, private jets, uh, if you don't know, they're expensive, and only rich people use them. So all these rich people are most of them that are, you know, we like Leonardo DiCaprio. We're safe, trying to save the environment. Well, dude, you got a private jet. You probably should quit. You know, your, your 60-foot yacht didn't help him, uh, but he probably has carbon credits, so he's okay. But yeah, that would that would cost $13 million, almost $14 million in carbon credits to offset that private jet emissions. Another thing that I thought about and was reading more about is the average volcano eruption actually puts the same, I think it was the equivalent of three years worth of human emissions and how many volcanoes go off in a year there's nothing you can do about that i mean it doesn't it can be a two point you know it can just be ash emitted and that's it smoke or steam so yeah i just i kind of thought about that I, I found out about them at work and dude it really pissed me off thinking about you know all these all these companies are we, we're, we're green greenhouse you know we're, we're saving the environment and they're not doing anything i mean <laughs> some of them probably still are but for the emissions ones who are emitting a ton of co2 through manufacturing processes into the atmosphere you're just you know you're putting up a false front you're bullshitting that's what that's what we do you know all the people who drive electric cars uh none of them charge them with solar or wind so how do you yeah. think the energy comes to get your your, your car plugged in boa that's that's fossil fuels <laughs> you're not making much sense but yeah that's uh anybody you know well i got some land if you want to buy some i got three acres zay i think is in the market if yeah. anybody needs some carbon credits let us know brandon your uh comic book shop better make sure it's up to codes you <laughs> might need a carbon credit for the carbon you emit in the atmosphere okay just think yeah. about that that might be true that's something to consider <laughs> hey i know for sure i'm gonna try to get some of that shit bro all you do is get an assessor to come out and they'll assess how many carbon credits you have based on land and your foliage and things like that well thank you for that cuz that was the polar plunge and up next we have grizzlies anime and arms it's over nine thousand. All right, take it away, Grizzly. I, about a couple months ago, I went to this gun show. I wanted to get a better gun than I had. So I ended up getting this gun that I love that I don't see a problem with. I just know we've seen that John Wick movie and the closest thing that looked <laughs> like that, I went ahead and got, which that gun is 7000 Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not getting no yep. $7,000 gun. You should have just traded the Murano for it. <laughs> 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 so the gun that I traded in was a Sky CP9, and this thing was horrible. Whenever you try to chamber a bullet, that was too hard to do. That was hard as hell to do. It's a internal firing pin. The sights was bad. Handling was bad. It had a short barrel. So whenever you shot it, it tweaks your wrist every time you try to fire it. it, it uh, is Sky like a popular brand? I've never heard of a it's Sky a firearms. Or from what I heard, it's one of the cheapest guns you can buy. I know when I talked to the dude and I tried to turn it in, he was like, uh, I'm not going to give you that much for this. I can buy four of them and I can get the fifth one free. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's... That type of shit. They do that's the bro. deals they do with guns now. Uh, yeah, I guess if you deals, if you have a store, I'm assuming uh, that's what it is. And so, not only does it tweak your wrist, whenever you release the magazine, that sticks. Whenever you're shooting, let's say you have a bunch of oil in there, right? Whenever you shoot it and the the chamber comes back, that sticks. So it's like you have to pop it forward to continue shooting. 
sounds like you bought a Nerf little pistol bro, or something. Like I, thought, <laughs> I thought he was going to say, not only does it tweak your wrist, but when you slid the slide back, it breaks your finger. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. They got a pretty pretty gun, didn't you? Oh, man. So you have to push it forward to continue shoot. But it's like whenever you load rounds... Unless you have a magazine loader, it's hard as hell to push those the rounds down into the magazine. That sucked. I really did not like it. Uh, I say the only thing was whenever you cleaned it and you take the little piece out, that was the only thing that was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But that sucked. I have a wife. If anybody on this podcast doesn't know, she, we bought a, a gun for her too. Hers is a Taurus G3. I didn't know where you were going with that for a minute. <laughs> I was like, what, what the fuck's going on? I have a wife. Y'all, y'all know, but people. I have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I have a gun. And I have a wife. And I have a wife. And both of them will shoot you. Uh, no, uh, it's chrome and black. Uh, hers is internal. Hers more reminds me of a, a Glock. It's, it's, re- it's really, really sturdy. I like it. I mean, the grip is comfortable. The, the magazine is easy to release. It doesn't stick. They say, they say the Taurus is a cheap gun, too. But from what I've seen on this one, this it's one's cheaper, pretty good. But yeah, it's not bad quality. Yeah, I think hers was about. Yeah, it's it's just a you can get a a good gun for a good price. Yeah, I know hers was about four hundred and fifty, which ain't that bad. She sold her some type of mosquito. Let's I think it's a Sig mosquito. I think is what it's called. Never heard of, but it's like a twenty two. Sounds like that little gun Will Smith had in Men in Black. That's mm-hmm. the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> the noisy crickets. But on this one, the sights were good, but it, it's just like boxy, you know? It's, I don't really like guns like that. I like slick. It's got a lot of features to it. Got a lot of curves. Yeah, it got a lot of curves. My gun has that. So. I say I probably get a sky, maybe a 0. 0.5 oh, wow. out of 5. Damn, that's rough. I give K's like a 3.5. Hers is good. But my gun, this motherfucker is dope, bro. It's black and gold. All right. This is a Smith & Wesson M&P 9 Shield. Easy. Yes. It's a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot of words. I love it, dude. I, I really got it because it's black and gold and it, like it, it's dope as hell. It's also an eternal firing pin. Barrel stable. Just everything is comfortable, man. In my hands, like I, I got fat, fat hands anyway. So when I, when I hold it and grip it and slide it back, everything's dope. Easy, really easy to load the rounds because I can just pull the little lever down and just load bullets. I'm good on that. Uh, the glow in the dark sights. The little holster that I got, as dope as hell. It comes with uh, two magazines. And the only bad thing about this one is it only holds eight rounds. And If you need more than eight, you're probably going to die anyway. <laughs> I mean... You know, I guess so, yeah. And I, I've been practicing, so I've been getting a lot like a lot better with my aiming. Yeah, you've already missed. You're already dead. Somebody already put you down. Or the bears already got you or what? Right. right. How do you think the gold is going to hold up? Is that like... Is that polished or is that like a coat? I think it's just painted but it's already starting to fade uh from where I uh you need to take it and see if Brandon's car guy can wrap it gold they do gun wraps now so I mean he might be able to wrap it and he can wrap it yeah that gold will hold up longer I'll I'll show you guys whenever I'm done here maybe we'll see if you think you can you can send him a picture and see but the reason why I chose guns is because the animated I watched and anime I'm going to review in is called Psychopass. And Psychopass is an AI system. It's called Sybil system. Uh, it determines everything about you from your job to your likelihood for you to commit a crime. And it does it by scanning your brain, keeps you under surveillance for really your whole life on here. This whole process is called Psychopass. It can determine if you're unstable whenever stuff happens to you. It's pretty much like a gun that can read your brain to let you know if you're going to snap on somebody. And so it keeps everybody in check. I, I really like the animation. They have a police force. They call it enforcers. Pretty much is just people that enforced the law that had broken the law before and so they're trying to re- rehabilitate these people so if you break if you if you, you break the law then you just 
You become a cop? Uh, if you break the law to work off your sentence, you pretty much have to catch other bad guys. Okay, so they don't kill you. Like when they have, like, yeah. they have little gun scans and it's like, hey, this dude's going to fucking murder seven people tomorrow. They'll kill you or... or yeah, the, the, gun, the, the gun will say, hey, this guy is very, very, very unstable. The gun itself will raise the power level to what it needs to do to neutralize How do you know? Neutralize like, are they just walking around with these? Like, I don't... What do you mean by the gun? Like, they just scan... So it's like... You scan every person, like, every day or something, or... I mean, there's, like, cameras and stuff that, like, monitors you, but it's like, if you're in a situation, it'll, like, he'll, they'll point the gun at you. Oh, so it's not predetermining no. crime. No. Okay, gotcha. That's it's like it's like as, okay. as it's happening, then they'll be like, "Hey, this guy is really, really, really unstable. He might he it looks like he's gonna kill somebody." And then it'll be like, oh, "So if you stunned. have like a hostage situation, you're like, oh man, this dude's just sad. Like, he's, yeah, he's not he's not in the right mind space. But I don't think he's gonna hurt anybody. Let's yeah. just talk him down. Or it's like, hey, we need to take him out quick. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. So I know there is a criminal organization that wants to put an end to it because they think that it's pretty much free will. It's like it's messing with people's free will to do stuff. But then the enforcers think everything is perfect about the system because it catches you if you are psychotic. I think it's a good premise for for one. So it's like, let's say if it scans you and it says 110, it'll probably like paralyze you for a couple of days or something like that. But then if it reads and it's 160, it'll kill you. And like it's it's some some bad executions on here, bro. Is it though? Like, is it hackable? What if like like a terrorist organization got a hold of it and could change it to be whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted? Apparently, you there's wanted. a way for you to scan your fingerprint and your face, and then it'll only let you shoot that gun. So if you pick up my gun and this is the psychopath system, you will get shot. But I can shoot you if I have it yeah, because I'm only authorized to use this gun. They could hack that too, right? And just have people running around. I haven't seen it you know? in here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It's it's like cool. close to the future That's anyway. Good. So season two. <laughs> Which I think there is a season two, but I only seen season one. But I think this is a good one for people to start at, especially if you like, you know, like raunchy, blood and gore, good storyline. I might have to give it a shot. I, I think I like I get, it. Brandon, you seen it, right? What do you yeah, think about I watched it? it. I watched it. I like it. I did like it. I think I gave it a three, three out of five. Hmm. I gave it a four out of five. Oh, wow. Okay, so I guess we differ a little bit. All right. <laughs> I haven't seen it, I'm going five out of five. Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, look at that. Best, best anime ever? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think the the main character, the side character that you have in there, they they work really hard to get a. The only anime everything. I've ever watched is, I mean, technically, I guess Dragon Ball Z is an anime, but the only real not like, technically, literally, it is like, but it's not like <laughs> it ain't like the newer ones, I guess, or I guess it was the first one we ever got experience with, so mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't seem the same to me. But I, I watched Attack on Titan. Oh man, and I like that. That was pretty stuff. good. I don't. I didn't make it very far. I think I watched the first like three. Is there three? How many seasons are there? Five. I think I watched the first three, and that was I stopped after that. But yeah, that show was awesome. Them fucking giants. New season's crazy. I like it. Yeah, I need to watch crazy. it. I need to get back on Maybe that. I will review it. Maybe. Don't fucking do it till I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that segment, uh, Grizz. We're going to have everything on this podcast, as you can see. Stuff that pisses you off. Anime, guns. And if there's any kind of suggestions that you want us to do, if you want Grizzly to look at a certain firearm or wa- have him watch a certain anime, or if there's stuff that pisses you off and you want uh, Polar to know about it and him to research it, just email it as at WeRealReels at gmail.com. That's WeRealReels at gmail.com. Even if you have a movie suggestion for us that you want us to review, WeRealReels at gmail.com. First one is going to be our, no, no questions asked is what we're watching. First email request you get. That's mm-hmm. the movie. You hear that? So whoever's first the first one. one to submit that email, WeRealReels, we're going to do it. Don't be an asshole either. Yeah, no porn. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Harry Twatter. <laughs> In the first movie, we're going to be reviewing for our very first podcast. Take a listen to this. They say the war tore a hole in the sky. Only a few survived. That was 30 winters ago. I have been walking ever since. Our only hope is in my hands. Some would kill to have it. I will kill to protect it. Put that hand on me again, you won't get it back. All right, come on down the hard way. And if you haven't uh, figured it out yet, I'm sure you have by the uh, podcast title, we are reviewing Book of Eli. I just got chills, bro. Mm. I love that part. Was it intense? Put the hand on me again, you won't get it back. He did it too. Yeah, that's a good ass part. Okay. I, I love it, bro. The Book of Eli come out January 15th in 2010. Now, other movies that come out that year were uh, Inception, mm, that's good. Black Swan, uh-huh. Shutter Island, that's good. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I like that one. Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Insidious, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Hey. Tangled, Grown Ups, Kick-Ass, Iron Man 2, and damn. the other guys. Oh, damn. There were a lot more. But, oh, okay. shit. That's a good list. Those, those were the top ones, right? I didn't want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You should have cut out the swan and filled that with a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it earned $157 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. Yeah, it's starring Denzel Washington, Gary Oldman, Mila Kunis, Ray Stevenson, Jennifer Beals, Evan Jones, Joe Pingy, Francis De La Tour, Michael Gambon, Tom Waits, Chris Browning, and Michael McDowell. The filming took place in New Mexico in February 2009, and it was directed by the Hughes brothers, Hughes brothers, who also did Menace to Society, Dead Presidents, American Pimp, and From Hell. I thought they did The Matrix. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, the Z- Zawowski brothers. Oh, yeah, it was. They were brothers. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Okay, it was. Brother. You got your brothers right. Yeah, brothers, brothers. Brothers, brothers. brothers. <laughs> sure, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> Let's just get into it then. Huh? <clears throat> you guys ready? Okay. Yep. Let's get into the review of The Book of Eli. Mm. Read you the, the synopsis here. 30 years after the war turned the world into a wasteland, a lone warrior named Eli marches across the ruined landscape, carrying hope for humanity's redemption. Only one other man understands the power of what Eli carries, and he is determined to take it for himself. Though Eli prefers peace, he will risk death to protect his precious cargo. He must fulfill his destiny to help restore mankind. The movie starts off colorless, bleak, Yep. Hopeless yep. and just sad. It sets the tone. Yeah, like you really didn't see movies back then, like just colorless. Because I think throughout the whole movie, you really didn't see any any color. I know, I know, nothing vibrant for yeah. sure. Nothing, nothing vibrant. No uh, I mean, that sets up the wasteland idea, though. I mean, no, yeah, no water, no nothing. I know for sure. Up until the end of the movie, you did not see a speck of vegetation. No, nothing green. No, like other than the dead trees that the that. He was trying to kill the cat around. Yeah. Well, Nothing. That, you never saw water, like a body of water. No. Never. Only yeah. only in caves or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. is when you see water. Well, that we did see a little uh, spot of life, which is what you mentioned, when uh, 
we saw that cat. And they, they chose to do the the weirdest breed of a hairless cat. And I guess to, to put it in he our looked, heads. He looked that like it, he was emaciated. Had yeah, some kind shit. of nuclear accident had happened. And that cat had lost all his fur. What's crazy, though, is that that's the cat they chose. And that cat is expensive as hell. Somebody was like, hey, man, that cat does look like it survived a nuclear blast. Yeah. And then the other people were like, give it up 10 grand for it. 10 grand. That's a design of cat. Nah. Like that. <laughs> what? Uh, Do you remember the first time you ever saw a cat like that? I remember it was Austin Powers. Oh, oh yeah. Mr. Evil. I was like, damn, that thing is ugly as hell. First time I saw one. I didn't know it was that expensive, though. I didn't, mm. I didn't feel bad Jesus. for him when he shot it. No, but when but when he did hunt that, this it set up the scene for how post-apocalyptic this is, how much they're struggling to survive, that they have to sm- hunt what used to be domestic animals, uh, which are now wild animals in this world, and you got to resort to that to... Well, what stood out yourself. too was that it almost seemed like he was in a hazardous area where he had to have that gas mask on. So he's putting his own life in jeopardy to go into these, I'm assuming it's like Chernobyl type things where there's radiation or something that you can't breathe in. Eating that animal and taking the chance that that animal also is, you know, infected with whatever, whatever it has. But oh, that's wild. It is. And I have a question right now is in a post-apocalyptic world when the houses are like this, would water still run out of faucets? Would would the water still be going? I don't think so because it would have to go through the city. No, uh, cleaning well system. Water. Probably if it was well if water. If it's yeah. well water, I don't know how that works. So I don't know if there's your pump or you know whatever you're using. I mean, it, had, it would have to be some handmade yeah, I, shit. I guess not, as long as it didn't like the rays or the nuke or whatever it happened I feel didn't like hit it, underground. None of the material would hold up that long. You know, I mean, you think about thirty years. Buy, yeah. yeah, you think about what you buy now. You like, dude, I bought a toilet in like five years. That fucker was done. <laughs> Seals and shit breaking. You're like, what? Uh, yeah, he, he didn't try that shit, and it did not work at all, bro. Mm-hmm. It sounded like something was about to come out uh, and in there, but it never did. I noticed in this scene too is he uh, he he ran and he stumbled upon some boxes, and then he starts smelling the air. And he opens up this closet to find this this dead body. He starts just checking all over it, feeling on it, and he finds these boots, man. And he's just real excited that he's found these new boots. And it show it again. It shows the world that you know the world has nothing, and he's so excited for these little things that'll make his journey a little bit more. Yeah, uh, you remember earlier easier. in there in that scene where he checked that body in the car in the start. He was checking to see if it had shoes on, hmm. so you could tell his feet had been hurting. And look at him, he happy boy. <laughs> and uh, he's still humble, uh, humble enough to feed a mouse. And there's a little joke in there that he's like, "Come on, it it's cat," you know. Get to eat your enemy. Come, come on and eat it. <laughs> uh, but I guess he, uh, he ain't, he ain't desperate enough to eat every bit of that little cat he can share with a mouse. So he, he's doing all right. What does he do right there where he's like, is he rubbing like grease on his teeth? No, that's, uh, cat oil. Cat for, oil? For, for, uh, chap lips. You fucking with me? Yeah, that's what the dude said. He's like, you got any chapsticks? Like, no. Cat oh, oil. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Huh. Fresh. We see that electricity is still used. In this uh, movie, because uh, he charges, he has an iPod, which he uses kind of sparingly. So we know that he can charge it somewhere because he just plays it overnight as he sleeps and just, you know, goes on about his day. So he's not worried about the battery life on that thing. What a great song. Also, that he yes. listens to to go to sleep. Is that Marvin Gaye? Uh, well, he uh, Al, does it now. Green, Al Green, Al Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They both sing that song. Uh, interesting fact about this specific part right here is when he's listening to that song, he's not bobbing his head to the Al Green song. He's bobbing his head to an Incubus song. It was in an interview he was saying that he was listening to an Incubus song. What? <laughs> yeah. 
And he's bobbing his head to that. That's the music he's moving. Is that the ones who sang that? Cut my life into pieces. No. Who's Incubus? Incubus is. Damn it, if you wouldn't have put me on the spot, I would have got it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. At one point, he opens up the book. Can't tell if he's looking down or if he's his eyes are fully closed and he, he's reading the book, but he's moving his lips as he's doing it. So they do hint at subtle signs that... Uh, the spoiler that's going yeah, yeah, to yeah. Either that or if you weren't paying attention. Like the first time I saw it, I didn't think of that into it. I just thought he was praying. I, you know, yeah. I, didn't, think, I didn't think anything about whatsoever about the spoiler, you know? No, but that, that damn Bible, man, he had that shit locked up like Fort Knox, bro. Yeah, nobody was getting in it. It's not. If he, if they didn't have that key, if they didn't know where it was, yeah. he's he's a loner. He's, that's, that's, that's a big-ass Bible. Well, when he wakes up in the morning after sleeping in this abandoned house, I believe there's worse signs of his condition because he looks out the window after waking up uh, the following morning and just stares out the window with the, the sun just beaming on his face and it he doesn't squint at all. He didn't have no effect. He's just, just looking out the window like, hmm. okay, he feels the heat and he moves back in. So I think they, they, they were giving subtle signs at his condition for sure. It was so minor that you didn't catch it, man. Mm-hmm. Not at all. You're not thinking about so it's like, it's like, like, when you watch it. So the first time he walked into the abandoned house, he ran into like a chest of drawer. He, yeah, he stumbled on it. And it's yeah. like, what the? What? Okay. But you don't think about that whenever mm-hmm. you're watching it until the end of the movie, whenever they gave it away. It kind of shows that he's been in this world for a while because there's no remorse on, you know, cutting that body down that he found in the closet. He just takes the shoes, you know, and keeps moving. Uh, he eventually runs across a lady who's hollering for help and he starts searching around. Like he's not even, that's not his focus point. His focus point isn't the lady. It's what's around. He He's smelling the air. He, he's sensing something ain't right he just goes ahead and calls it you know said hey uh, it's a good thing about not having body wash or something that, so yeah yeah so we i can smell a bandit a mile away or a trap a mile away or something and then that's when these goofy these goofy ass uh <laughs> bandits pop out heels have eyes motherfuckers <laughs> yeah, and, yeah how does the girl look like she hasn't been in that very long she looks like she just left like a, a share concert or something <laughs> i think from afar she does look enticing attractive and she's trying to entice him by you know showing the breast uh, you know hey i need help are you going to help me look here well you get closer to her you can tell she's she's yeah, she's been worn that's why i said share concert because <laughs> you know that's probably what's in the crowd <laughs> yeah, but how how smelly do you got to be to smell like to to stink from 30 yards bro <laughs> well i mean when there's no running water uh 30 years of no bathing, probably Jesus. get it done. <laughs> Jesus, that's crazy. I couldn't imagine what his breast smells like. I, I mean, like you see teeth. Oh. Yeah, you see the teeth, man. The teeth are just gone, bro. Oh, the bandit. Yes. Uh, the leader of the bandits who's, who's talking to uh, Eli now. And he's saying, I like this guy. You know, he, he called him out that they're bandits or whatever. And he's asking what he has in the packet. And Eli's kind of wary of his presence. He knows where he's at. He starts backing up. You know, as, as soon as the bandits start making moves toward him, he backs up clo- closer and closer to the darkness of the tunnel. So I guess he can kind of even the, the playing field. This is another subtle sign of his condition because he waits for that guy to touch him before he tells him, don't touch me again. <laughs> You don't get the hand back. You ain't gonna get that hand back. You know, this, this guy has obviously been robbing a lot of people, killing yeah. a lot of people because he doesn't care. He thinks that he's got strength in numbers and that he's gonna take out Eli. And- Let me ask you this while we're watching it. Please tell me, where the hell does this machete come from? 
the back. There's a little pouch. He, he did not. Pouch. You didn't see him reach for it. It's because he wasn't looking. <laughs> he just cut to man. it and it's right there. The practice, man. The practice. Bro, the freaking practice, man. He shows the results because he was sharpening that that machete earlier, yeah. and he shows the the results of that in this scene here. And he cleanly slices off this guy's arm, and the guy goes into shock immediately because he says, uh, <laughs> "Kiss him." What are you guys waiting for? Go kiss him! And then they're looking at each other like, "What? What did he say?" So Eli's like, uh, "He's in shock." I think he meant kill him. He's inviting him to fight, and the choreography is great, man. It's great. It 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 seems realistic. He's been obviously practicing, and this is my first intuition, my first thoughts of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. That he had to be some kind of special ops or some kind of training. Yeah, you don't learn that on just from nothing. Yeah, and what he's done and the way he does it, because he it's it's effortless. It is what it looks like. Do you know the guy who did the choreographing for it? Worked with Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, he was one of Bruce Lee's uh, disciples or something. Yeah, that was, you know, that was cool. I know that. disciples, uh-huh. but you know. That's cool. I I know that. Yeah, a little good fact there for you. That's why it looks so good. I know he had to lose like 40 pounds to get in this damn state. It's a good looking movie, though. I kind of like the the gloomy. Grunge. Yeah, grunge. Mad Max. No color. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's cool in certain settings. I mean, it wouldn't work if you were like, Guardians of the Galaxy was this. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I know I used to have a uh, plasma TV. And you know, plasma, they really highlight the dark. A lot of this movie I couldn't see. Like a lot, a lot of this movie I couldn't see. Because look, like it, like it, there's color in it because you can see some of the, like the rust and stuff that's in the background. But it's like mostly it looks like it's black and white. You would have been fucked if you would have watched the Blair Witch Project oh, on that bro. TV. Screw you that. Seen shit. Another way too that I thought he easily won this fight is because he was better nourished than they were, uh, except for the fat one who had the chainsaw. Yeah, how the rest of them. Fat. Yeah, maybe you gotta, you gotta be really, really, really fat. Like really, really, you gotta eat a whole bunch to be yeah, that fat back. Like eating people, there. I guess. I mean, they yeah, were cannibals, right? Well, yeah, there were some, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. No, but no, no, they were too. They said she said, "Where's your water?" And she was like, "We don't have any. We're gonna take yours and eat you too." Oh shit! Yeah, that's yeah. what she said. Well, there's something I looked up later on about that. But after he kills him, he loots him for anything that he could use, and then he prays under the bridge for his fallen opponents. So he's still humble, man. He's still asking for forgiveness for what he has Some to honor. do. To, to, to complete his mission. He wouldn't make any money in the UFC. She really thought that he was going to take her with. Just a minute ago, she was willing to kill this man. You just think, hey, you killed my group. Can 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 I help you? Can you come with me? No. <laughs> yeah. I think it was crazy that he keep, he gives her the water back. She keeps it. Like, yeah, it ain't no damn shit. water, bro. Yeah, it looked dirty as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Brown, black water. That's probably what they're drinking, though. That's, o- that's old Coca-Cola. <laughs> what that is. Well, it's probably still fine. I mean, if you'd be in fucking paradise if you went to a McDonald's. That shit would still be good. So this is the first years. the first chance we get to see though that he is he's not something to mess with. Saying you you need to leave him alone so he can complete his mission. At the same time, we learn that he is smart about his battles, that he's focused on his mission, and that he's not just a defender of the weak because he runs across a couple. Who are just minding their own business, pushing their wheelbarrow around when the group of motorcycle guys comes up and then kills the old man. And they probably eventually kill the woman. But you know what they do in the post-apocalyptic world. Take what they want. You know what's crazy about this scene, too, is if you notice that Bush light truck that's in the background. I've seen that. (laughs) That's a a homage to where he's supposed to be. The Bush light is made in Colorado. So they're trying to tell you that he's in Colorado making his way Uh, to the West Coast to the ocean. Okay. Mm. I made that up. No, oh, well, that, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> right, it sounded good as fuck. <laughs> I made that shit up. Jesus. That sounded good as hell, bro. Damn. Bush lights made. 
I'm like, damn, we motherfucking did his research now, man. Good for you, damn God damn. And he's, he's repeating himself. He's repeating to himself, you know, stay on the path. It's not my concern. Stay on the path. It's not my concern. As these people are getting murdered and looted. And it's just... For they, what? For just whatever they have. And this is... It just keeps reinforcing that this world is cutthroat. It, they have the bare minimum. And they're going to take it from you if they can. I think it's some foreshadowing. I think there's more to it. I think if you look into it, you're thinking almost God was testing him because he didn't get involved. And he should have. It was the right thing to do because not getting involved comes to bite him later. Makes his journey a little more difficult. But, but if he would have taken care of it then, home free. Well, that's if he could have. Right. I mean, he's got his main mission They had guns and all that, yeah. Yeah, he still's got his well, main I mean, mission. Uh, did you see the I nuke hole as well? Where they first, they first show you, kind of hint to, you know, the nuke being dropped, that big old crater. The big crater, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah seen that. He enters this town in the following scene. Kind of reminds me of like just a dusty city, uh, fucking Rango type. And people... Rango. Yeah, everybody's Rango. all just bandaged up. Guys using a fork, uh, was it a pitchfork as a crutch <laughs> you got kids out here with sand goggles people just sleeping on the side of the road this is just a worn down cutthroat city man nobody trusts nobody they have some kind of hierarchy but mostly if you're a stranger yeah you're danger yeah, they, they know who's who's there and who's not stranger danger yeah, fucking people on the buildings and shit it's like an old western man and I can't tell you, man, the, the consistency of how this world is and how just empty and has nothing it is, how desperate people are. You they know, did I a like, good job at that. I like the fact that they didn't do this in like a major city. They had to do it in a small town to see. Well, think, like normally in, in apocalyptic movies, you see bigger cities, New York, yeah, well, or you see the, L.A. It's a point of making it to where this war ended the world. So probably they're thinking most of your major cities are where the epicenter of the blast hit. You're, you're going to nuke where the most people are, so you're going to nuke all the big cities. No, because then you see San Francisco, and it looks pretty much Untouched. almost still there. I wouldn't nuke San Francisco. <laughs> I'd nuke Hollywood. <laughs> Just saying, you know, if we're going somewhere. But I'm saying, like, San Francisco is is pretty big anyway. So it's Yeah, like, but you're not, hitting, yeah, you're not hitting every major city. But this makes more sense that he's traveling through the West Coast, or to the West Coast, trying to, you know, deliver his, his, his book. But you go through the West Coast... To the middle of it, Oklahoma and places like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty spread out anyway. There's not a whole lot of big cities. It's land. So maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. But, You're right, uh, though, because I mean, you think about like Walking Dead. Walking Dead. City. Uh, not even that. Um, um, let's see. Um, what's that one with the. Uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, well, like 28, day, 28 Days yeah. Later. The Last of Us was a lot of big cities, you know? And, yeah. And, Still intact and everything was good, which that was a virus, but you would have thought everything would have been blown up or, you know, but it was still pretty intact. Uh, in this scene, he walks into a uh, pawn shop or repair shop and it shows again that he has some kind of military training because he disarms the pawn shop owner and turns the shotgun on him. Fast. Yeah, real fast. Uh, but he, he ends up giving it back to him because he, he needs this guy. He don't want to trouble. He just wants to trade. He shows him what he has. And what he has is he flicks a lighter and he flicks it and fills the heat on top of it to make sure it's working. And then he shows the guy, you know, hey, you've got a lighter that works. Mm, uh, fuck um, me. But the, only, me? the other thing that I've seen yeah, is like, it, they kind of, okay, let me show you how he's got to, you know, put his hand above the flame. But then as he's pulling out the napkins, it looks like he's looking dude straight in the eye. And he's like, huh, look at this. Like right now, so it's like it kind of pushes you the other way. It's like, oh, he's he doesn't have this condition. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like when he walks into the bar in the other scene, like you see him like looking left and right to see stuff. But it's like you don't you don't know. It's towards the end of the movie, you like he, he sees all these other parts. That's like how how could it be that he's looking? Well, it, it seems like he's looking this way or that way, or looking at this or that. 
Probably just listening. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, you know, yeah. spoiler, your your sound is going to be way heightened. And they're ex- super excited to get little things like uh, KFC wet wipes. <laughs> Apparently, because yeah. he trades that in a lighter just to charge his iPod and fix whatever he needed to be fixed. But then we're first introduced to Gary Oldman in this one. Uh, he plays a guy named Carnegie who runs the town, and he's he's already on a mission. You can tell he's looking for something. He calls these these bandits up, and they bring him a bunch of books. Just lay it on the tape. And you're trying to figure out what is, you don't really know what's happening. What is he after? What is he, what is he trying to get to with these books? He seems a little bit satisfied, but he's like, nah, this isn't what I'm looking for, you know, but you did a good job. Go, go get some ladies, go get some alcohol and then go back out there and then keep looking for my yeah, book. And these are the same bandits that Denzel watched kill those people. They haven't directly told you what happened to this world. What war happened and what kind of disaster led to this apocalyptic world, uh, for him to be Looking for a certain book. We'll get that a little bit later. Hopefully someone tells us about this. Um, but he, he appears to be really nice, man. Like right here, he's clean. He's, he looks like he's fresh, like he's from the old world before the war. Everybody else is dirty and stuff, but this, but Carnegie, man, he's nice. You know, he's, he's looking good. He's a good guy. Even all the shit around him looks nice. Like all the furniture and shit. And you're like, how the fuck? It looks like he used to be a politician. Quite possibly. He does. I think that was the look they was going for because I know Denzel was a producer in this movie and he was like, first thing I want to work on is a villain because it's like the hero is as good as the villain in this movie. And so he made Carnegie as, as likable and as hateful as, as a villain could possibly be. Because like at that scene when he's seen the shampoo and then the next scene whenever he kisses the woman on the head, it's like... Uh, Yes, one in the world. Yeah, he's really nice. He's taking care of a blind woman who uh, is his girlfriend or wife or something. He's He's washing her hair. She's taking care of him. Yeah, he's washing his hair. Washing her hair with that thing. Eli decides he's he's done waiting and he's gonna go get water. I guess he's gonna go fill up on water before his his journey west. But one thing we haven't seen in this town is any black people. Uh, besides uh, Eli, I guess they all died out in the yeah, war. I didn't so. survive. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't make it, man. Uh-uh, black people was allergic to nuclear, okay? So. Damn it. No grizzlies in this motherfucker, Mm-mm. bro. Yeah, no grizzlies. And I don't see any pandas, man. It's, it's maybe some Hispanics or, or Arabic people, yeah. but... There's not a whole lot of anything but white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know uh, what his blind girlfriend was. Maybe some kind of Native American or something. Yeah, yeah. Something. Quite possibly. Yeah, he makes his way into the bar, and it's immediate. You know, he's a stranger. Look well, at him. He's a black guy. Maybe the first one some of them I've ever seen. If you're that, being honest, I mean, that is you, true. A lot of these people grew up while, you know, are, are still yes, young. This is all they know. Oh, there's one. Yep. Yeah, Take there's one. Yeah. Did but he get hey. That one looks like an Eskimo. Oh, uh, you know what it was? It was too damn dark. Yeah. Oh, I see it now. It's Chinese. Yeah, you Chinese can see the... Chinese with a, a poo oh, mask yeah, on. Hey, with a fro right there. The, the, yeah, the lighting was too dark. Okay, now we can see black people. Uh, just <laughs> everybody look... O-L-E-D-T-D. dirty. But... Uh, but he asked the, he goes to the bartender and before he can ask for anything, uh, the bartender asked to see his hands. And that wasn't very clear to me why until I researched and they were checking to see if they had the equivalent of mad cow disease. For being cannibals. But it's very transmissible 
And if your hands are shaky, then you got it. Uh, and it was uh, probably because you were killing and eating uh, yeah, people. Because shaking hands is a symptom of Kreutzfeld Jacob disease, mm-hmm. which is a form of transmissible spongy form encephalopathy. It is basically a human variant of the mad cow disease from eating bad human meat. Yeah. And so that's what he was looking for there. And I didn't I didn't know that the first time around. I was like, why is he, why is he asking for the shaky hands? I mean, what if they got Parkinson? You know? See, I thought it was like they was looking... For uh, tattoos for people that that has that that's one gang mm-hmm. that's like running some part of. See that the that land. would make sense. That would make sense. Uh, this is when we're first introduced to Solara. Yeah, Mila Kunis is Solara at the bar, and she's at, she's like the assistant at the bar. Uh, Denzel asks for water. She runs to the well to go get it. Uh, then we learn that Ray Stevenson, Punisher, has a crush on her. You know, he stands in the way, try to flirt with her, but she's like, "When you get out of the way." What's weird too is that like piece of paper that dude gives her that she's gonna need to get the water. I don't know what that was. Is that like to skip line or to say, "Hey, this is top priority" because it's for the bar? Yeah, I think it's or top, like, is that what it is, priority. or is it like it was rule? actually a uh, expired fast pass? from Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> you use those to get water. Gotcha. Yeah, you still got to wait an hour, though, until you, you actually get your turn to that do explains the fast carnies. It's a uh, flattened Disney. out uh, bush can because they're in Colorado. You That's right. Colorado bitch. bush. <laughs> well, uh, Cheddar Bob comes over and starts trouble <laughs> Look at him, dude. with uh, <laughs> uh, Denzel, with Eli, man. And <laughs> he starts talking about his cat, you know, because that was his cat that Denzel had pushed off the counter. Bro, are you really trying to start trouble over a cat? And I guess he's got the confidence because he's got his boys behind him and Denzel you know he he puts him down real quick smashes his head against the bar and tells him hey I'm just gonna grab my stuff and I'm gonna walk out of here is that okay with you and the guy's like yeah he's like, all right it's okay you good he's like you good and he lets him up and lets him go dude just passes out I don't he just knocked out did he kill him knocked the fuck out okay that's what okay he just knocked out oh no but this next part, though, this is the best part in the fucking movie. Bro. You know what I think about, though? I think about two things when I see that dude. Brandon, you might... I remember the the guy from The Golden Child, the red-headed dude. That's who that guy's face reminds me of. When you watch that movie again, think about it, because I'm telling you, it's him. <laughs> and then the other thing I thought about with his hat, I was like, man, that's that little boy from Up. If he didn't grow up to be Carl, like that little hat. Uh, damn. <laughs> Explorers are out there, whatever I, he says. I know this is my favorite part because he, he says a scripture oh, yeah, before, before he, he messes everybody up. up and it says, Curse be the ground for our sake. Both thorn and thistles it shall bring forth for us. For out of the ground we were taken, for the dust we are, and the dust we shall become. And he just starts fucking people up, bro. Oh man. Taking off heads, slicing arms off. Where did he get that motherfucking shit? <laughs> you didn't see it. Man. You didn't, didn't see it. Did you see? I told you that Where does that weapon come from? Like, what the fuck? And it is super sharp, yeah, man. He cuts through people like butter. It is. It is so clean and so simple. And then again, this just stresses my point that he's had some kind of experience in fighting, but they don't ever, you know, let you know that he was an ex uh, anything cage fighter, ex military, whatever. Oh, he was an assassin. Yeah, he he was a killer, an assassin before the apocalypse. This is the point where uh, he actually first meets Carnegie. Eli meets Carnegie, and uh, he's asking. Oh, after he he meets him after he kills all those men yeah. in the bar. And his fucking crew. A lot of his fucking crew. <laughs> yeah, and Carnegie asks him, "Who are you?" Eli says, "Nobody." Gary Oldman or Carnegie's like, eh, "Nobody was those men you just killed down." Damn. So he don't give a damn about his own men. Damn. He's fine with that. But fuck uh, y'all, Bubba. Bring me my goddamn book. <laughs> <laughs> 
but during this conversation, he's not mad at him. He just asks him to join him. He's curious. He's very curious. He reminds me of uh, the governor from, from Walking Dead for Walking some Dead. reason. Like, he's just, he's different. Yeah, yeah. He, he just seems curious. He wants everything to be beneficial to him. Eli is wary of him. He's wary of everybody. Uh, he knows not to give out too much information. Uh, Carnegie asks him, you know, wait, what are you doing here? Where are you going? He just says, West. He said, there's nothing out. There's nothing West. Not what I was told. Yeah. And then he just like, Scripts out. What do you want? What, what what does he want? Oh, straight to the point. Okay, I like this guy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and Eli's tired of it. Carnegie lets him know that, hey, me and you are educated. You know, not like, not like the rest of these people who weren't born before the war. You know, you don't see too many of us old guys. Yeah, I like when he said, uh, we're, he's like older people like us, we're the future. Cause clearly, Young people don't even know what a TV or books are. They don't even know yeah. how to, I, I think I don't know how to read. during that part when it was bringing books, they don't, they don't even know how to read because no, they don't even know what the... That's his advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's smarter than them. A question right here, too. Has no one actually traveled west to see what there is? Because he just he just says, you know, there's nothing west. And that, that you supposed to take your word for it? Yeah. Has he himself not been west to see the greens there? Like, what what are you doing in this Dust Bowl city? You're just yeah, looking yeah, for a Bible try. to control people? That's it? Yeah, he's saying he's trying to get more people. I don't know. I know I did a little bit of research. Just a little bit, okay? Is it about Bush? No. <laughs> I know I looked up. How long would it take to get from the furthest part east to the furthest part west? And what I looked up was it was this place called Madawaska, Maine. Okay, that's the very tippity tippity top of the U.S. Almost Canada to San Francisco where he has to go. You know how long it takes? How long? 1,047 hours to walk from there. How How many days is that? That is 44 days. Yeah. He's been doing it for 30 does years. it take 30 years? <laughs> well, I don't know if he got the sign at the <laughs> beginning of the 30 years. I don't know if he got that sign at the very beginning of the 30 years. You know? he, he <laughs> like, I don't even know where he said he, he originated from, but bro. Well, Carnegie offers him a room. Just tells him, stay the night. Think about it. And we'll talk in the morning, you know, and, and as he's in the room getting comfortable, uh, he still don't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. A blind woman comes to the door and she has a tray. He's real quiet. And I think he realizes that she's blind before she realizes that he's even in the room. But he makes a little noise to let her know that he's there. Cause she's like, you know, just let me know where you are so I could put this stuff down or, or if I could just leave. He does. He's not fully, you know, blind. He can't be. He can't know. be. Yeah. He, he has to be part, I think it's partial. I think you see that at the end. Like it's one eye. Yeah, he, he's partially blind only, if if at all. And he asks her, were you blind before the war or after? And she said she was always like that. You know, she grew up like that. See, I think that plays into his having some kind of military background. Because I'm wondering if it's all hypothetical because it's all this is a made up story. But what if he was in some kind of military facet and... He was near the blast, fighting the war, and that's how he got partially blinded. Was it something that he was, you know... Not because he wouldn't know how to read the Bible the way that it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this... Maybe. I mean... This is a, a weird... You know, he tests the, the the water that she brought him for poison, but this is a weird transition because he, he, he gets the ripples of the, the water and it turns into Gary Oldman. And so we transition to the next scene of uh, Gary Oldman asking the blind woman, I'm sorry, I forget her name, if he said anything, you know... It, is he going to stay? Uh, you know, what's what? What does he have? Does he have anything with him? Uh, and all she says is that he's different than the others. 
Uh, you're not going to be able to make him do what you want him to do because he's, you know. Smart. Yeah, he's smarter than that. But uh, he responds with, I'll send your daughter in there. That's yeah. when we see, this is the first time we really see, like, he's a villain. Wait a minute. Yeah. This dude, this dude is dark. He's going to send this blind woman's daughter in there. Like, I thought, I thought this was his lover. I thought this was his gal. He's taking care of this blind chick, but he's like, nah, I got to get what I want. I'm going to send your daughter in there to go ahead and do what she got to do. Denzel Dick Down. <laughs> Yes, hey, that was the plan. If you got a goal, do whatever you can. Yeah, we see we see that he's an asshole right here, sending a daughter Solara for uh, Eli. But Solara goes in there and she does she does what she's told. She offers her body to him, uh, but he rejects it. Uh, she and he tells her to leave because he can't see how fine she is. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> but if she leaves, then she knows that her mom is going to get hurt. So she just says, "Hey, let's talk." You know, let. let Let's just do something. I'll, I'll tell him, you know, you tell him we had a great time last night, but but if I leave, then they'll hurt my mom. All right, you can stay, but he still don't trust her. Yeah. No, they're, they're trying to rob him to stay because they're like, out, out there, you're not going to get as good as you are here. And he's like, I'm, I got I got a mission. I, I got to do like just, yeah. just leave me alone. Yeah, I think he realizes he's got to, this town is messed up. Yeah. He's got to get out of here. He's got to get back on his path. Carnegie, you know, he's just playing playing chess with the, with everybody. Everybody's a, a pawn in this game that he can use to get what he wants. I mean, who who going to send somebody's daughter like that, bro? Like, man, hey, it's fucked up. Go do what he need to do to get he's whatever he needs villain, to get. Man. He's just, a villain. Just to go have sex with a stranger to get what he hey, wants. Tell me, bro. Yeah, with some dark stuff there. But this is when, you know, you find out a little more, a little bit more about Eli. He says he's been, it's been about 30 winters since the flash. So he's got to be 45, 50, something. He had to be super young. Whenever the see, flash, the flash, see, that's, he's something in the war blinded his ass. Yeah, he's, yeah. For the last thirty years, that's how he learned to read braille. He probably was with some people or something who knew. I wish they had a backstory for this. I, I that's think the I'll, most I'll, intriguing part, though. Yes. I kind of like that they don't, because all it is is now guessing. But still, though, like if they came out with a prequel, you wouldn't watch it. No, I like it the way it is. <laughs> I like the mystery, man. This is one of the rare dude, movies have, that we don't know. Have Denzel Washington's son play he, who he was back in the day. No, you're fucking it flash. up. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that, bro. Don't need a prequel. Don't need a sequel, okay? Leave it alone. The one and done. They should <clears> do the same goddamn thing with I Am Legend, goddammit. Don't need another one. Leave it alone. Uh, but while uh, Solara's in there with him, she ends up seeing the book, and she gets really excited about it. Like She's like, what is that? What do you got there? Can I touch it? No. Nobody touched the book but me. That's what he tells her. <laughs> no, nah, man. She she really fucked this up, bro. She could have kept her mouth shut. Yep. She's done she's, everything in private. What's weird, too, though, is how much smarter she is than all the rest of them, too. Yeah. But it's got to be because that's Carnegie's booty call's daughter. So he's giving her benefits and, you know, teaching her probably or having her be taught to try and get in them pants of that blind lady, you know? <laughs> I guess. But he eventually, he brings her over to eat with him. Before they eat, he teaches her how to pray. And it's something new to her, and she is fascinated about it. You know, she don't know what he's doing, but she likes it. You know, she, she I guess it gives her a spark of hope. And that's uh, where she fucked up, because she just had to share it with her mom in front of Carnegie. That's what she did when she, Jesus. in the morning, when she gets into the room, you know, Carnegie wants a report. You know, does he does he have a book? Uh, did he say anything? What's he going to do? And, you know, she, he didn't really say much. Yeah, we didn't and, really talk. Yeah. yeah. We didn't do a lot of talking. Shh, that's when she says, Mom, give me your hands. Prays the same way that Denzel prays, but she didn't know how to finish it. And Carnegie says, Amen. What? 
That's how you finish it. You say amen. That was evil sign number two. Evil sign number two. He had to grab the mom. He grabbed the mom and forced her. He threatened her or threatened the mother uh, if she didn't tell him about it, about what, what he had, that book. But if you're weak and somebody grabbed your mom and you don't know what to do to get that guy off of her, yeah, you're going to yeah, tell. you're going to give it up. Yeah, you're going to give and it up. And she does end up telling him, yes, that he does have a book. I don't show me. Oh, shit. Uh, so she shows him the signal, which was the cross. The cross. And we know that it's a Bible that this motherfucker is transporting 30 years. Yeah, that's the first sign the country. Uh, that we get. He gives the audience that he is actually carrying a Bible. But a Bible in Braille would probably be like a thousand pages long. Yeah. So maybe some of the inconsistencies <laughs> of this movie here, he probably... <laughs> Should have a little more books yeah. in that bag with him. But, I mean, for the movie's sake, this is the only way it could work. You yeah. know, this is, this is really the only way it could work. Toting around the reading, you know, what is that, reading <laughs> rainbow with him. <laughs> yeah, so that, it was it was kind of weird about that. He, he leaves the room, and then dude, dude, he got shot in the head. How, how the fuck do you got out of the room before dude seen him? I don't know. Carnegie did get excited. He got excited and went to go search for him. You know, hey, what? And, and he loves in the room. He's gone. You know, he's like, what, what, where is he at? So he's going to search and room to room in that place to, to to go look for him, man. I mean, he's going to... He's gone. Dude. Yeah, how the yeah. fuck do you... They, they, but how? Because yeah. they, they check they check the... Uh, it's like a steel... Uh, fencing. Fencing thing. And yeah. they check it and nothing. It doesn't move. It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It was like, he was in here the whole night. He dug him a hole in the, in the wall. Like, what was that one movie? <laughs> uh... Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. Yeah. Went to the shitter. What about your boy who was supposed to be watching the room? What was uh, he, he was black. He's black. Black! Well, I don't know if he's black. All I know is he's dead. Uh, <laughs> he got fucked up, didn't he? Yeah, you, you don't make mistakes like that, man. If you're supposed to be watching the room, you got to be watching the room. And he was shot dead right there. You right know? there. Can't make little mistakes like that in the apocalypse. Especially not about this book. Because mm-hmm. this guy really needs his book. But so, it's like, as soon as you see... What's his name? Is it Zanaz? Is it Leave the room. You got to check on dude. Hey, is he still man. here? Okay. He's still in here. All right, close the door. And then you're good. Well, we see uh, Eli back at the pawn shop. He's got his iPhone charged and he's trying to leave. He's got to get out of the city, man. He's got to keep going, keep traveling before they, before they find out he's missing. And when he exits the pawn shop, it's too late. Aiming up on him. Yeah. And this is the second time that, you know, he shows his gun and people are like, is it loaded? Yeah. Ain't no bullets in there. So I don't know where you have it. And nobody believes that. He's like, we'll see. Nobody believes that the gun's loaded. Yeah. And so he ends up uh, having a little conversation with Carnegie and his men. He's got snipers on the roof. He's surrounded. You know, there's like 30 men out there ready to fight. Everybody's out in the streets looking at him. This is a battle you just can't win if you're Eli, man. Like, look at all these people. Just realistically, just gave him the book and then went on his way. But this is the first true example that God is a character in this movie because he starts to walk off and Ray Stevenson fires a shot at him and misses, fires another one. And I think it like grazed him. And then that's when he turns around and it's like, all right, it's time to get serious. I got to start taking out people. And he starts taking out people. Yeah, he's not fucking you up. Man, he's a good shot. <laughs> I don't know if he's listening for where the shots are coming from and just firing but he is nailing people. I think he was just fighting stormtroopers. That's just <laughs> yeah. bad aim. Just bad aim, man. That's all it was. He was lucky. Stormtroopers without yeah, the suits. Yeah, yeah. And Carnegie says that he knows the power of the book and that he used to read it when he was little. It was so powerful that they had to destroy all of them. After the war. 
after the war. That's why it leads me to believe that this war was a religious war that led to the apocalypse. So I'm wondering if it's like Revelation. Like these are the people who got left behind and Eli got tasked with a, a thing for redemption. Let me let me ask this. Say you was in Eli's shoes and you know you can recite the Bible word for word from beginning to end. The whole time? The whole time. Do you give them the Bible? And just walk away. Or do you go through everything that he went through towards the end of the movie? I don't think that's what God was telling him to do. Yeah, God, God was telling him, him to take that. the book. And then once he once he passed a test because he was started putting too much emphasis in the book. He says that later on in the movie that he was too worried about the physical book and not what his mission was. And Carnegie says he wants the book. Manipulate the words to give to the people so that they will follow him more. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think Eli wants that. Praise Carnegie, not Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so this battle ensues, man, and he is very accurate with his pistol. Uh, he's just hitting people right and left. No way. Not missing a no. shot. Yeah. I think he's too accurate for his situation, which, which is what I was saying that there's another sign that God is actually in this movie and keeping him on the path and keeping him safe. Yeah, because he, he, right he tagged Carnegie right in the leg, bro. He fucked him up. I he only, fucked two people up at the same time. Yeah, he wasn't aiming for Carnegie. He's aiming for the guy in front of him, but that shotgun blast hit Arnie, Carnegie in the knee, which leads to him going down, so he has to retreat. And then that's when Carnegie's right-hand man, which I didn't know the character's name. Man, it's no. Ray Stevenson. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he points a gun at, at Eli, and he has him dead to rights. He can kill him, take the book, in this movie right now. But I think... He's afraid because he's thinking in his mind like he he's protected by something. Yes, yeah, he's shown that in the bar, and I think everybody's got a hint of it. And then now, after he missed those two shots, he's like, "All right, this guy is more than a man." Yeah, yeah, something's off. Something's off. Uh, and that's when uh, Solara seen all of this, he told her mom about what happened, and her mom tells her that it's probably safer to be with him than it is to be in this city. And so Solara decides to follow Eli out of the city. There's that dark. Just like to- you say, that you can see color, but it's like mostly it looks like it's black and white. Like a sepia. Just, yeah. <laughs> a sepia. Yeah. A filter on there, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, drive like walking by buses. See that like he just walked past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he walks past this huge missile in the middle of nowhere, downed airplanes, just a barren wasteland, no vegetation, just dry desert everywhere. And she ends up catching up with him. She's like, "I want to follow you," and he's like, "Nah, go back. <laughs> this ain't a place for you." He tells her, "This, this, this desert, this ain't where it at for you. You know, this is not a place for a young woman." Because he knows he's seen. What people do to young women out here. On the road. Should be next to one of them baskets trying to give out water. Help. <laughs> Help me. She offers up something. She offers up to tell him where they find their water at in exchange for taking her with it. He's like, where's it at? She shows it. Without without any security. Yeah. Yeah, without. technically he never agreed to <laughs> <laughs> the deal that she said. This but is another reason, though, why they didn't go west. And go look. Why would you? You got free. You got open source to water. This yeah. is where you rebuild. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess that's a good reason for it if you want to control people. Yeah. But if you want to survive, I mean, you would think, let's go check the ocean. You know, there's no water anywhere else. There's got to be ocean left. If there's Carnegie, no ocean, then you are in trouble. Carnegie ain't worried about that. He just wants power. The ocean power or salt control, water. So we haven't even figured out salt water now. So how the fuck are they going to do it? Oh, they can filter that shit out. Right? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but I believe he didn't want her to go with him because he knew it would slow him down and he would have to protect someone else, which would be even harder than just going and protect himself going out there. And so he ends up locking her in the door of the well and uh, telling her, I never agreed on that. And she said, you're a liar. And uh, I think I really got to him. He's like, oh, no, I'm not a liar. I'm uh-uh. I am not a lie. <laughs> I didn't say that. And he leaves her ass inside the damn. How'd she get out? <laughs> that is a good question. How'd she get out? 
How did he get out? Was she Moana, that motherfucker? I guess so. She climbed out the top. Yeah, picked, pushed over a big old statue of Maui in there. He tells her right then and there that the, the road is no place for her. It's much worse than you think. Yeah. Uh, which means she grew up in that town, and that's all she knows is that town and Carnegie's protection. Nothing else after that. Yeah, she don't know what's outside. And Carnegie, Carnegie right here explains in the next scene to his men that this book is a weapon. It's not just a book. Because one of them says, you're doing all this for a book? Yeah, I thought it was funny when he hit him. Because you were thinking in your head, like, what a pussy. Why don't that dude just beat his ass and take over the town himself? Like, that dude is a coward. No, he's just dumb. He just slapped me. He's too dumb to. But Mm -hmm. Carnegie is clearly just a weak human who just mentally is just fucking these dudes. At least at that point he is because he's already damaged. He's old. He fucked his knee up. It's like, bro, you really have no power over me, which is... It's just the intelligence, man. They need a leader who knows because he knows that he's not confident in himself. Uh, Ray Stevens is not confident in himself to lead the other people in the city. He knows it'll fall apart without Carnegie. And Carnegie needs that book to control the desperate. And what is everybody in this movie if not desperate? Uh And so if he gets that book, he pretty much gets control of all the the Midwest. And this is the point where he, uh, Ray Stevens negotiates with what he wants. He said, all right, if I go look for this book, I want Solara, which you know he's had a crush on her the whole time. Arranged marriage. And Carnegie's like, that's funny. He's laughing because he's like, okay, you're actually getting brains. That is hilarious. All right, you can have her. Just give me my book. And then we go on to the next scene where we see Eli uh, stopping in the road and looking back. And he can sense something. Something's telling him that Carnegie is starting up his engines and they're about to leave town. So this is another presence of God mm-hmm. being shown that, you know, he's he's telling Eli, you need to put a little... Put a little uh, Pepe little, step. Yeah, you need to go on and get. You should have been there 29 years and uh, about 84 days ago. Or it could have been when Solara got out of the uh, cave because he went back for her. He went back for the cave? No, she got out of the cave uh-huh. and he was he, he was clearly further than where she could have Oh, you're talking about him oh, back yeah, with that lady. Ah, yeah, yeah. uh, you fucker. You might be well, right. Well, maybe he went to hide or something. Maybe he went to off the road to hide and he saw her walking past. He could have done that yeah. after he sensed that they were leaving and he was like, okay, I gotta probably hide. It would be probably better to hide. But when he found her, he was like, all right, we gotta keep going. It either could be option, either but, or. Yeah, either but or. But I know he, he was at the right spot at the right time because those <laughs> dudes, they were gonna do some stuff to her, bro. Well, well we, here's my question is, would you sacrifice your mission for me, Lacunas? Where you're like, ah, he didn't say I couldn't, you know? Just saying, <laughs> book over there. This ain't slowing me down. But we saw signs. We saw signs of the old world in that scene when they were leaving the town. We saw a broke down GMC. We saw a Puma shop. <laughs> but we now we see that Solara is uh, on her own She's after she made it somehow made it out of that damn watering hole room, and uh, she finds that damn lady again. Goddamn lady! The one who was begging for help earlier. That and fucking I, basket. I the guess she, she's the damn ringleader because she goes and finds another group of men <laughs> to set this same trap out. She's yelling for help, and but this time uh, Solara falls for it and tries to help her, but she sees it's a woman, and she's like, "Oh no, you need to get out of here." I don't need help. I'm fine. You need to leave. But it's too late. These new men who don't have trust in her, uh, well, I guess they do now because she was she led them to some new puss. Mm. And they attack Solara and they are, you know, they're going to put her to sleep or put a sleep a hold on her or just hold her down or something. Take their turns with her until uh, one of them Catches ends one. up getting penetrated himself. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's by good old Eli. Hey. Yeah, that sharp ass machete comes back into play. No, no, there's the, the arrow. bow and arrow. No, arrow. Arrow. oh, he with an arrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. This time his accuracy comes into play, <laughs> <laughs> and he is stuck with an arrow. And the other guy's looking around like, what, what hit him? Bro, how the hell do you miss arrow in the throat? How do you miss that right yeah, there? Yeah, how do you miss that, Where's that? He's standing right in front of you. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? Shit. That, that is that everybody blind as motherfucker? It, it might be, man, because he <laughs> was looking hell. back and forth, and there was only two ways he could have hit you from. Exactly. And he just he just missed the whole front. You know what I was thinking about in this scene is when the, that playground we used to play at, where we used to play on top of one of them. You remember they had them painted? Yep, Sandy Park. Uh-huh. That scene could end up very, very badly for Solar, but luckily... He saved her. Eli saved her. This she doesn't was... seem to be too chicken over for somebody who lived in a town her entire life to almost be raped and murdered. I imagine she's she probably seen, seen it happen. Yeah, she, she broke. She broke down. Uh, that next scene, whenever they was walking away, you see him look back and was concerned yeah, about her because yeah, she started yeah, breaking yeah. down. But I think after that, you really don't see her like like break She's down like that again. Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, is, this is what it is. This, this is, is what the world outside of Carnegie's pr- protection. There she she was about there. to be raped and killed, and she realizes that, and she's like, "Wow, this is how it is." And he's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> You good? You didn't even have to see his dick. <laughs> Bitch, I'm trying to eat some bird. Yeah, but then, <laughs> trying to eat some bird. That's all I'm trying to do is eat some bird. Eat some bird. Uh, but but the scene after that, you know, they 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 let you know they remind you that Carnegie and his men are still on the way. They're looking for him. Uh, but he is walking and he hears. He's like tells her to be quiet. And I'm thinking, oh shit, Carnegie's men are close. But no, he cocks that bow back and shoots a bird right at the damn sky. You tried that in my house. Now is <laughs> is that God? Is that not God's presence right there? This guy is partially or fully blind, and he just tags his bird by listening to it. Just cocks it back and shoots. Bro, what was God at last week when I was trying to shoot these damn turkeys? It was that bitch with the whip. He <laughs> <laughs> was more. You had the devil there with you. God dang. If that was God's presence, though. I'd be a little upset. I'd be like, motherfucker, really? It couldn't have been a fucking pigeon or something bigger? You got this nasty-ass little bitty black bird? Come on, man. Give me a damn sparrow or something. Bro, he could have went to your house. And kill all those blackbirds trying to shit in your damn pool. You could. <laughs> strike him down. Where does he keep this bow at? Uh, it, was in, it was in his backpack. The bow, like, the whole bow was in his backpack. It was like wrapped around his backpack. <clears throat> Solara gives him a huge hug and, and thanks him for saving her. Now that she uh, sees all the dangers of the world outside of uh, Carnegie's town. And Carnegie's following him in that caravan. And he's following the path that Eli's left of bodies. Yep. Uh, he first sees these guys over here just dead. And he's like, yeah, we're on the right track. At this point, though, I feel like he knows. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows about sanitation. But as he as Eli's walking away, it's the same arrow that he took out of the guy that he shot in the head. But he left the one that he shot in the ass of the other guy. True. You see that? Like, he only had one arrow whenever he shot the bird. He didn't have two anymore, so he left the he shitty the, one. The dick, dick shit. <laughs> he didn't want the dick shit. <laughs> I didn't know if y'all noticed that, no. but I was, I was like, I thought he had two arrows. Oh, no. Okay, okay, there it is. This is the scene, you know, Arne, uh, Carnegie's men are finding that uh, the bodies that Eli has left in his wake. This is where the men are starting to believe that Eli might be more than just a man. Yeah, you follow this old motherfucker around. Yeah, they're starting to create this myth in their head that this guy's he's supernatural. Something, something's not right. Protecting him. And Carnegie's like, he's just a man. You know, you shoot him, he's gonna die just like any other man. He's trying to keep him in reality. I know there's a fat guy that that's in here, that's in Carnegie's group. That's like, he kind of surprised me that he like he has actually good 
tracking skills because that's when he says, hey, it's going to get dark soon. We're not going to be able to track him in the dark. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty good observation because you never thought that some something would come out of that dude. Because it looks like, like a big, goofy fucking He was probably just dude. fucking hungry and trying to get him to quit. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know shit about tracking. No, I, I, think, I, think, I think he actually knew about tracking. So but it's like his ear down to the ground and was like, they went this way. <laughs> like, it wasn't one of the, you know, he, he made a he observation. Hey, it's easier to see during the fucking day. But. I mean, but the sun was still up. Yeah, so it's it like, starting to get dark. it, it wasn't even, like, at least in the movie, it didn't even look like it was starting to get dark. You never know how dark it gets. Yeah, I guess not. The apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I guess not. He had to be good at tracking that. I know you see them in that silo and, uh, Zalaro's trying to talk to him about how the world used to be. He was spot on with that, man. People throw away a lot of shit now that people will kill for in this apocalypse situation. Yeah, and yeah. She asked him too that if you know, do you do you read this every day? And he said, Yeah, I, re- I read it every day. He reads that whole book every day. I don't know if he reads the whole book. He, he read reads it. that whole book. <laughs> Does that sound different, y'all? Mm, you sound silly with that. He ain't reading that whole book every day. But, but Here's the other question. What's the fucking temperature there? They're in a goddamn desert. It looks hot as fuck, and everybody's clothed up like it's a winter oasis or well, some I th- shit. Well, I thought whenever you actually go in the desert, you want to cover up to prevent sunburn. Yeah, but like one shirt's fine. These dudes are all wearing jackets and shit. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, in this scene, too, when he's sitting with her, he, he jokes with her because he says a scripture from the Bible, and she's like, what did you... That's beautiful. Did you make that up? Did you write that or something? He's like, yeah. And he's like, no, no, that's been a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So he's comfortable enough to joke with her. He shows us that for sure. I think it's when he starts to like bond with her because he's he was so used to being alone for for this many years. Like he's actually having a conversation with somebody that's willing to travel with him. that's, That's curious about what he believes in. So he's happy to share with her. But he's not too keen on her like touching the book or or oh yeah he don't want to touch yeah, he don't want to show. she doesn't i mean she at doesn't all. know what it is but at least if she's asking questions he's like okay i'm gonna tell her well and how does he know also that she wasn't just forced to come with him so she could be a, a, a you know take the book or whatever because I mean, carnegie was keeping her mom maybe, i mean you know? like y'all said it's, it's got to be something to do with god's presence right like he has to know what's in her heart because otherwise he wouldn't protect maybe, her or he doesn't give a fuck he says that well he mentions uh while he's talking to her in this time of resting that uh before the war people think that the book is the reason for the war in the first place and that afterwards they were trying to find every one of them and destroy him. And then he has the last one. So they went through all the hotel rooms. It's got one in the little <laughs> cupboard. They went to everybody's house and destroyed it. Yep. God damn. Yep. And he, he last says that the war tore a hole in the sky and the sun came down and burned everything. So, so um, carbon credits from war. Carbon credits. <laughs> Get your carbon credits. Let's go. Well, we'll bring it right back. We're hey. back to square one. What's crazy, that? too, is like to see her. You see all these dirty motherfuckers. It looks like they ain't showered in years. Well, like she showers her, every day, right? She got motherfucking makeup on and shit. Her eyebrows are perfect. That bitch got lipstick on. Look at this. Get out of here. A little she bit of inconsistencies. Yeah, she got a speck of dirt on her hair um, looking nice. But Eli says, she asked him why he does this, and he said that he heard a voice from within that told him to lead him to a place where he found the book where he found the last bible and it told him to carry that book and take it west and he said the voice uh said that he would be protected against anyone or anything that stood in his path and that he has been but there's got to be some kind of training here 
man. Like yeah, he, I feel like be. I'm going back again. Yeah. Like, he's had to have some kind of training. Dude, you, you can't know that somebody's about to swing and you're about to turn around and stop it. Yes, and, he, unless you have some type of training. He did not work at uh, Office Max and then grab this <laughs> and he's just like, I'm gonna swing and Dude, he starts flailing yeah. and killing people. Yeah. So you telling me that he was some nerd living in his mother's basement <laughs> that could that barely could read, that could read a little bit of Braille, and this war happens. That was watching anime. Oh damn, he ain't got to see him. Like uh, <laughs> like psychopaths. Oh, and we're back to square one. Oh, Certainly, you, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> he was he was a soldier. Of yeah, some, he had to be some some type of soldier. But uh, Salar wakes up in the middle of the night. And tries to touch the book, man, and oh, he, it gets the, real serious yeah. with her. See it the nuclear him. silos? Nobody there? touches the book but him. Yeah. Yeah. Carnegie's on his trail. Uh, he's seeing every sign that is left from uh, the dead bodies to, to put out fires. And Carnegie, he's starting to show signs of exhaust, man. He, he's starting to wear down. He's starting to see him sweat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might be signs of uh, infection. infection from his, his wound. From the, the shot that uh, Eli had given him. Yeah, those were herpes bullets. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do say it. I wash my hands twice with your soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't make sure. Like, I don't that. know if he did, bro. He should have washed it four five times. He should have cleaned the wound a little better. Dirty ass motherfucker. He should have took two showers, motherfucker. Imagine how rusty those fucking shotgun bullets are, those BBs. Yeah. That motherfucker's been in there for 30 years. Dude. It was a sawed off. Was it shot, sawed yeah. off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah BBs yeah. fucking. Them things are rusty. Uh, Salar and Eli end up finding a house in the middle of the desert and they uh, ring the doorbell and there's a trap door and they fall right through. Would you trust it? The house? The house. I wouldn't have expected. It to be a, a, trap, a trap door. Fuck no, this ain't Scooby Doo. Yeah, I wouldn't have <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it dude, doesn't look well door. maintained. I just know if I see a house that says no trespassing, bruh, I ain't trespassing. <laughs> in the middle of the apocalypse, it's a post-apocalypse. Man. I would have, I would have, I would have walked there. around this whole thing. If it does I have seen... like a weird, super well-kept path right to the front door. I yep. mean, that path is clean. Look like they they had a blower out there blowing all them rocks off. Yeah, <laughs> I would have walked around the whole perimeter if I would have seen that grave, those graves in the back. I'd That's like, true. That's a good point. <sighs> nope. Let's keep going this I way. Think about that. Yeah, he fucks up here. Where was the Lord? Yeah, you know? The Lord, Lord on, said he's got to go up in here. Well, the people that come out was an old couple. They were kind of friendly you know george and martha george and martha uh which is the old man asks him what's your business and solara starts to speak but uh eli interrupts her and says no business we're just heading west and i think that's a good i don't know there's been a theme for adventure movies you know you don't tell other people your quest because it may interfere with what they're doing you may be going to do something that they are trying to stop yeah, or that they're like, hmm, that sounds fucking cool for me, too. I'm going to beat them to it. Or yeah. I'm going to follow them, yeah. let them get through all the hard shit, yeah. and then we'll kill them at the end. Yeah. yeah, so it's been a theme to not tell people what you're doing. Just keep it at the simples and keep moving on. The simples. So she invites them in for some tea and some music. While they're enjoying their time with this old couple, they realize she's cooking meat. You know, she's cooking some meat for him, and this sounds enticing. Eli realizes what this meat is, and it's uh, human. And this is when Solara says her hands are shaking. So she has that issue of the disease we talked about earlier from eating bad human meat. She, she, she's got the shakes. Yeah, she's taking that uh, saucer in a damn teacup. Yeah, she's been cooking. She's been cooking people. That some bitch boy. Well, like, Ros- 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 Right when they're about to leave, 
uh, that's when they realize that oh, oh, Carnegie and his boys have shown up. Mm-hmm. By God, that's when they show them the uh, the the graves. Oh yeah, before that they do walk out back, and he says, "I want to show you something." The old man says, "I want to show you something." Right, you gotta brag. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And and then that's when Solara's like, uh, "We need to get out of here." She's shaking, and they're eating. They're eating something. He's like, "Yeah, they they didn't just kill these people. They're they're eating them." Rustle up some sandwiches. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eat that bread, bitch. That's a meat sandwich. Yeah, he tells them we're, they're they're eating these people. We gotta go. And so they start to leave. You know, he ends up putting the gun on the old man. Like, "Hey, we gotta go. You gotta let us go." And he's like, "All right, you gotta go. You gotta go." And they start to leave, and they realize Carnegie's men's outside. They come right on. They come right back in. But those those old people, they got a fucking arsenal. They were prepared. He asked them, yeah. you got any weapons? I'll show you weapons. <laughs> yeah, he's got a shit ton. Yeah, and he was ready. He he was most definitely ready. They had Which makes no sense to me right here. Why the fuck does Eli still have a sawed-off shotgun, which is a close-range weapon? Get one of them goddamn assault rifles real quick. Yeah. He got what he trusts him. Solara has one. He's got what he trusts him. I wouldn't trust her with a gun. I'd be like, nah, motherfucker. <laughs> the way she high. holding that motherfucker, bro, you can tell she ain't got nothing in there. Yeah, she's, she's, she's struggling. Carnegie she's says, uh, if you send out Solara and the book, I won't hurt anybody. Uh, and Solara says, uh, what are we going to do? And the old lady says, uh, uh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> she said, that's a goddamn buffet of people out there. Oh, shit. C4. And they set out a trap. They threw out what they thought what Carnegie and his men thought were a book and it was actually uh, some kind of case with a claymore in it. And I thought that if you crossed a claymore, pulled the string it too far, blows. yeah, it immediately blew up, but they opened the thing and it just set off a little five-second timer. See, I thought it was C4. Which gave them enough time to throw it under a car. It blew up and they just started shooting and then the fight began, which is where the, you know they were killing a bunch of Carnegie's men. Uh, they got motherfucking grenades and everything. Then, yeah, Eli had grenades he threw out there that were messing some of the guys up. You know, that dude had no clue what a grenade was right there. He, he didn't fucking see it or anything. I don't know. This dude's got a fucking RPG, though. This is like a video game level. That's when Martha got fucked up. Yeah, Martha got fucking destroyed. Yeah, they ended up shooting a rocket launcher into the, the house, which killed Martha. Which aggravated uh, was it George? George, yeah. yeah, they aggravated George, and he takes his uh, M sixteen and just starts yeah. blasting. I'm confused by. How do you know play. that name? What'd you say the name? That's Martha. Oh god, Martha. <laughs> Martha. Oh, hey, yeah. Batman I, versus Superman. Why would you shoot a, an RPG into a house that you're trying to get a book out of? Ah, uh, exactly. Like, what if you blow up the fucking book, stupid? Well, I'm surprised Carnegie hasn't like stopped him and been like, "Hey, wait, motherfucker." Bro, not only where where the book is apparently is indestructible, and not only did they use the RPG, yeah, they whip out this huge minigun. Yes. Yeah. From the the back of the truck, and they just start cranking in shots. It's just the eighteen hundreds, bro. And Why this, is the dude too who's like wants the girl? Like, hey man, don't shoot the fucking girl. Well, That's this the reason is, I'm here. This is what I was saying. It doesn't make sense for two reasons for him to do this. One, it wastes so much ammo on so few people, mm-hmm. and two, Carnegie is going to kill his right hand man's deal. You know that that's the whole reason he's looking. He's helping Carnegie look for this book is so he can get Solara. Is that more of them just being fucking retarded? Uh, I guess so. But he unloads until the minigun runs out of ammo. And then this is when they capture Eli and Solara. And they don't want to tell him where the book is. He ends up calling uh, the threat. He puts a gun to Solara's head and says, if you don't tell me where this book is, I'm going to shoot her in the head. And I'm wondering, like, what would happen if he did shoot her in the head? Would his right hand man, Ray Stevens, would he have shot? Carnegie right then and there. I think so. And then it's been a this has been an end of the story. I think he was dumb enough to because he wouldn't have thought it through. He was just emotionally 
Well, he might have. But who knows how that turns? I mean, maybe the guys are all with him, and they're like, "Fuck!" Nah, this he was upset whenever shit. Carnegie took her from from dude's hands because dude dude was holding her, and then Carnegie grabbed her, and then you seen him say, "Carnegie!" Well, and so at that point, he was already upset. So it's like if it would have happened, he probably would have raised the gun at, at Carnegie, or like wouldn't have followed him mm-hmm. like that anymore. Well, he ends up Eli ends up telling him. You know, hey, it's you can the books in the in the TV is in the back of the TV. So Carnegie tells his men to go check the TV. The what? Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does say the what? He doesn't know what a TV is. He said, "You gotta be kidding me! You go check the TV." So he tells Ray Stevens go check the TV because <laughs> he knows what it is. And I told you, dude, those TVs are indestructible, bro. <laughs> they they actually used to be part no, of furniture, just, bro. Like you can't shoot them, but you can kick the back off of them pretty easy. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, and he did not know what a TV was, so that that tells you he was born be, before the uh, or after the war for sure. I uh, guess where TVs didn't work because he was confused about that. He knew what. This I was like, bro, I'm surprised, dude. Like I looked at it again, and I was like, bro, I'm surprised this dude knows. Hey, we should probably slow down. I'll look up his. That was your fat dude who didn't yeah, know what a TV dude. was, exactly, wasn't it? Yeah. It was your fat dude that the the, the tracker. Indian tracker yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. who didn't know what the TV was. There's the one at the end of the movie too. They were just looking all weird with the with the shotgun. Oh, by the blowing yeah. brains out. Yeah. Oh well. Ray Stevens goes in. He finds the book. At this point, once Carnegie has the book, he no longer needs Eli. What a dumbass though. And he wants to show his men that Eli is just a man. He ends up shooting and he ends up falling to the ground. Solara screaming and, and, you know, it's just a terrible moment, man. This is like, we've lost hope. The bad guy's won. This is over. He's got the book. Eli's down. You know, he Does tries- he not see the motherfucking lock on it? No, he's more excited about having the book than- He's got his hand on it right now. more about anything Isn't that else. crazy, though? Like, what a dumbass. Finally got it. He's won. To the lightning? That was the Lord. Mm-hmm. When he got shot. He tries to stand back up. He whips out his knife, man. <laughs> if anybody gets near him, he's going to go ahead and cut him up. He- I'm wondering if Eli himself is questioning his faith at this point. Like, was this all I've done it for? This it's- is something's not right. He has to die right here after getting shot yeah. in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe that's why he fell back down and just like he was kind of questioning himself laying there as Carnegie's talking to him. Uh, and he's got this look on his face like, dude, motherfucker just okay. shot me. What the fuck just happened? All right, all right. Yeah, I kind of get that Chris Tucker fit. Which yeah. one of y'all just keep me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Carnegie wanted to prove that point that he was just a man and that he will die like any other man, like he said earlier. He had to learn this lesson, though. He put too much faith in that, put too much attention into that book. And He's- then he, he asked Eli, while Eli's on the ground after getting shot, he he asked him, you know, pray for me. And he says, no, I'm I'm serious. Pray for me. I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't know if he was sincere about that or not. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Because he, he is in a fucked up situation. He's going to try to go rule these people. Yeah. He is infected. Yeah. He possibly will die. Maybe he knows it. And he's just asking for prayers. You know, help me. I'm an evil man. I want to be righteous. Pray for me. Or he's being sarcastic and like, yeah, pray for me. Be able to work for you. As they're leaving, uh, Carnegie's hugging that book, man. He, he is. Yeah, he is. He is not letting he that thing that down. Yet. Yeah, that is his precious thing. And he, he asked Eli, you know, where's your protection now? This is where it led you. Where's your protection now? After he got shot. No, like, uh, whenever they was leaving and the dude was just so happy that he had Solara in the backseat and Solara was just thinking, how the fuck am I going to get out of this situation? <laughs> he thought he was going to go back and start playing the wedding. Yep. And the relationship between them two was really, 
really like just it was not understood by either one. He thought that she had liked him at least a little bit and it could work out. You know, this could be a thing. He had a chance. And she thought that I'm going to kill this mother first chance I get. Yeah. How was it so misunderstood there? Like, I don't know. <laughs> he was so smitten by her that he He's just dumb. thought that, hey, I, I, I at least know I can get this girl right here. And she didn't give a fuck about him. But I know he took that damn machete and I would take that damn machete any day. Yeah, yeah. He's checking it nice, out. Bro. He's liking it. He's looking at it. Ray Stevens is just checking out this machete of Eli's that they took from him. He throws it into the, the front of the truck. Whatever they're driving. Why wouldn't you put Suburban. that back in the fucking sheath? <laughs> just to make sure like you hit a bump and that thing falls and just slices your ankle open. Well, she takes a shoestring or something and then she ends up getting it around the driver's neck and this dude didn't know what to do. So he's getting pulled back and I guess somehow he ends up just and jerking that thing to the right and it flips over and over again. Did she have her seatbelt on? No, she didn't. Like because her neck would have been broken. Yeah, you know, those Suburbans, they're, they're horrible for but safety. This is one inconsistency I did find in the movie that there are mountains right in the background after they crash. She ends up going back into the truck after they crash and she finds a grenade. And no mountains. There's no mountains. There's no mountains over here. They disappear, and she just tries to blow them up. She does do a good little bowling thing and just... How'd she know how to use a grenade? No mountains. How'd she know how to use a grenade? I think she might have learned from Denzel throwing it out that window. She saw him do that. Learner, huh? She said she pulled the pin, and it. she saw it go boom, so that's all she noticed. Didn't they look at I told him to put it in that motherfucking sheath. What's what sticking out of his chest? <laughs> I'll just take it out, though. I don't know. I that dude's it. a fucking psycho. Yeah. I think that's the same machete that Jason Voorhees used. Oh, it is. Yeah, and Jason from, X. Uh, yeah, from yep, Jason, Jason X. X. Yeah, it's the same one. It's a movie prop. Take some goggles off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ray Steven gets stabbed by that same machete you guys are talking about. Unprotected machete. In the And when the car flipped, I oh, guess geez. it somehow pierced him right through the chest. And he just, I don't know, it, it was something weird about this situation too. Maybe this was God as well. He stopped her from starting the car to get away, I guess so he could get out and just die. Because he knew he was, you know, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. He's got he's been pierced and he gets out and just gets on his knees and, and dies. Croaks over. And the the fat guy you've been talking about says, Hey, we don't have enough fuel to chase her and get back. We only he's have enough fuel to get her. back. And so Carnegie's he decides not to chase and to head back to the town because he has what he wants. How's she know how to drive? Well, I mean, I guess it's pretty simple. You know, you hit the gas to go, you mm-hmm. steer it with a wheel. Uh, but Slark, she does go back and doesn't find Eli where where they left him. Uh, he's already moving west, even with the, the gun hole in him. But she does end up finding him, picking him up, and he ends up wrapping himself up in bandages and taking care of himself while they go to the west together. Bandages? You mean uh, duct tape? Yep, that's exactly duct what I mean. Duct tape. That's exactly what he did. She and was that, smart right there. She would have grabbed a bunch of those guns, whatever was left. Yeah, that would be smart. Yeah, because you never know what they're going to run into mm, yeah, on the way. Yeah. There could be more bad people like Carnegie out there. They got the old people with all those guns. Just take them all. Just take them all. Even and, and be prepared. Yeah. yeah, but she ends up finding him. He's heading west. She bandages him. Well, he bandages himself up. And she's apologizing for everything that's happened. You know, this is all my fault if I didn't do this or this. And he's like, no, this is this is a plan. You know, this is what's supposed to happen. I got to head west. And as they get closer, he can, he can smell. The and ocean. He, he smells the ocean. And he says, you smell that? What? Salt. We're close to the ocean. As Carnegie's on his way back to the town, he's feeling all over that book. Well, he can't wait to read it. Mm-hmm. Notices. 
He's, he's missing dope. something. He's excited. Yeah, he doesn't have the key to get into it. This is the first time whenever they go on, uh, like trying to cross the bridge that you actually see like foliage. Yep, and open, open water, all that. Yep. Yeah. But I think when she, when she picked him up, I think that's when she saw and maybe understood why he was doing what he's doing. Or maybe she doesn't and she just wants him to succeed because he wants it so bad. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to do this. He wants to succeed, but she helps him all the, the rest of the way there. Do you think there's more places like what you're seeing there? where it's just, you know, nukes were dropped or whatever happened. Explosions happened and there's a bunch of places similar to that, but there's a bunch of wreckage as well or like it, it, it survived. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so too. I think it doesn't tell you where he started. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't have to start on the East Coast. Yeah. You know, he's just traveling west. That's all it's it. It took him 44 days. It took somebody 44 days. Well, they're fast walker. He's not. <laughs> he's watching his back. He's making sure, you know, he's not getting tracked or getting, you know, bandits. He's probably taking weird routes. He's got to get food. He's got to, I mean, I can't take, you can't just be walking out there and just be like, all right, I'm going to get a cat. You got to, you got to know what the fuck's going on. There's not a whole lot of cats. Carnegie gets back to the, uh, his town and goes straight to the pawn shop where he gets the, the pawn shop guy to try to figure out how to open this book while Eli has made it to the West Coast. He's made it to the ocean, and they see... What what island is that? That used to be a prison, didn't it? Alcatraz. Alcatraz? Alcatraz? Okay, yeah, he sees Alcatraz. I don't know if he sees it or or what, but, you know... But he knows that's where he's got to go. He knows that that's where they got to go. So he starts rowing out there, man, and, and he doesn't have the strength to continue. Like, he's been shot. He's lost a lot of blood. He, he's whittling away, man, and... And Solara sees that he's exhausted. And so she decides, I'm going to get him where he needs to go. There's a pure sign, though, that Miss mm. Solara here grew up with money. <laughs> she was one of Carnegie's, you know. She got what she wanted. You, Ro, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Either way, well, she, I, would, she like, was, I would love to fish here. Because that? wherever they are before they get to Alcatraz. Wow. Dude, fish. nobody's fished there in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. No one's fishing, period. There's exactly. no fish. Three-eyed fish. Bring it back Megalodon. You know there's, you know there's going to be a shit ton of fish up in here if nobody fished there for 30 years. I don't know about you. have to go find you some fucking ocean equipment. <laughs> Fuck that. Get your ass pulled in there. Well, Solar ends up rowing for him, helping him out. And they, when they get to where they're going, this uh, Alcatraz, I keep wanting to say Rikers. That's in New York. Yeah, it? it's in New York. Uh, Alcatraz, uh, they're meted with guns and, or met with guns, meted. They're met with guns and. They were meted guns. The, the guy, the guy's telling why he's there. He has a, a copy of King James and LeBron. everybody in there has mm-hmm. nice clothes. Uh, they seem to be all washed. Civilized. Uh, it's Civilized. a prison, but they made it into Civilized. some kind of, some kind of museum. And the guy asks, what condition is the Bible in? And Eli says that, uh, it's pretty beat up, but it, but it'll do. And uh, he's mentioning himself yeah. in this situation. You know, he's pretty beat up, but but it'll do. The pawn shop owner who was working on that Bible for old Carnegie, he finally gets it open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Carnegie wants to be the first one to open it, so he snatches it from the pawn shop owner and he opens the book to find that there are no words. No words. Just fucking Braille. Braille. And at this point, you're just like, because it kind of slowly shows... Like, no words, no words, no words, Braille. Mm. And, like, you hear him say, can't be. But yeah. it's like, then you're questioning everything that we talked about. You're you questioning, how is he, like, doing everything he's doing throughout the movie? Like, is this dude completely blind? Is he partially blind? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you really don't know. You really don't fucking know. <laughs> and I've watched this movie so many times, and it's like... I think it shows it at the end, because his eyes look... One of them, for sure, looks One of them looks crazy, but... has that gray tint to it. But it's like, bro, there's... There, 
so many times where maybe he, he was born partially blind. Possibly. That's why he's so good at everything he does. He's had to live with it his entire life. That's true. Maybe that's why he had a Braille Bible. Well, Eli uh, tells the man, hey, write down everything I say exactly how I say it. He has read the Bible every day for the past 30 years. So I trust that this man knows every single word of this Bible. If he wanted to, though, he could fuck some shit up. He could change he, some stuff. Yeah, yeah he, could, he could put his name up in there some, some way. Yeah, know. but God told him to do this. So, so do you think God righteous. is speaking through him uh, as he's saying it to the guy? No, I don't think so. I think God spoke to him to, to do this mission. And I think he just carried it out the rest of the way. And I think God just protected him throughout the mission to make sure he gets to where he needs to go. Because God was for sure a character in this. Uh, but we go back to Carnegie. He's trying to figure out a solution for this Braille Bible. And so he attempts to get the blind woman to read the book for him. But she wouldn't do it. She sensed uh, something was wrong with Carnegie, that he was sick or some kind of unwell yeah, and it was from that shotgun shot. He he didn't get cleaned properly. He didn't get healed properly, and he got infected. And Carnegie's whole system is falling apart without His whole, whole operation. Yes, he lost a lot of men trying to fight Eli, searching for Eli, trying to get this book. He lost a lot of authority, law enforcement in the city and people just started running amok they started taking what they wanted to yeah. so this city is is falling yeah imagine you were there and you you followed this dude looking for one book and then he finally gets it and that motherfucker can't read it you're going fuck this guy you don't understand what braille is or why he can't read it yeah. you just know that this motherfucker's been telling you this for how long but that, that that's it takes that serious right thought there. on when the girl says how does it feel to have something so close but yet so far away mm-hmm. hell they don't even have to know that it was just that there wasn't enough authority they saw that. Yeah. There weren't enough cops in this area to stop me from taking this food, this water, these gold bars. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's three cops out here and there's 30,000 people and there's only three cops guarding this little vault of money. I'm getting some of that. Yeah. I'm getting some cheddar. <laughs> Somebody about to get this money. I'm taking all the water. I'm taking all the alcohol, all that shit. <laughs> So yeah, so it, so it ended up falling apart, man. And and Carnegie's men, they weren't even trying to stop it. One of them, the tracker you were talking about, had just lost all hope, and he had to end up just taking a shotgun. And it looked like he was about to blow his brains out. He, he could be wanting to take the town back, but we don't know because it just he just looks up. Yeah, you think about it, it probably would have only took about two or three people getting killed before everybody's like, yeah. okay, we need to stop doing yeah, this. Yeah. He's shooting motherfuckers. We don't know how much ammo he got. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, they just decided to give up because again, it's the intelligence thing, man. They weren't smart enough to, to think about anything. Only Carnegie was, and he was dying. Right. Not without. And I know, I know for sure that fat dude wasn't smart enough to take to the town under his wing. And he sacrificed everything for a book. And now the, 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 the town's running rampant. Everybody's going crazy. So I wonder if it's like, if this is gonna kill him or if it's just like he's gonna get a little bit of gang- gangrene and he got no. to cut it well, off gangrene i mean no they, you don't they don't have the medical stuff to amputate anything and keep you alive he's gonna die that infection is gonna kill him i was know at the end of this movie he had so many papers that he wrote all right here. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. That, made, that, made, that made sense eli's dressed in all white uh he's laying down telling the story of the bible he's dressed like a prophet he didn't like because i when i first watched this movie the first way through i thought that he had passed away from that gunshot wound 
but I don't I don't think that's the case because he completed his mission. Yeah, he completed the mission, and all those pages that would have took a long time to yeah. finish. He completed the mission, and that was all he needed. He was, yeah. he was ready to rest. And that old man's wrist, I'm sure they only worked like two, three hours a day, maybe, and then started up another day, and they just kept going and going and going. So he probably lived a good while until it was you know. That's was, why she was confident to go at the end of that. Yeah, because he probably trained her or, or something just like helped that. her. Yeah, learn, and he died of old age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what old age, but <laughs> wasn't that old man? He probably oh, died a little sooner than he was supposed to. But uh, You're reverting back now, you don't live as long when you got no medicines. As Solara's kneeling down toward uh, by Eli's grave, the old man who wrote the little Bible or helped translate it, uh, she asked, he asked her, "Where are you going to go from here? You know, you can stay here." And she says, "I'm going home." So she's going back to get her mother and possibly bring her back to this place because this is sanctuary. You know, why wouldn't you? All while she's touching on Eli's machete. So I imagine she is a, a more hardened warrior and she's really going to go get her mother and then bring her back. Why is that old man who wrote the book down? Why does he look like he's fake? Like he's got a mask on. Like it's a young, you know, like when they dress people up like an old person. That's what he looks like to me. He don't look like a real old person. Well, I got a question. You know, let, let me bring this to the uh, Since we have finished the, the movie and he did complete the transcript of the Bible, he ends up placing that Bible right on the shelf next to this uh, green book here the Quran and the Buddhist book and yeah it's a bunch of other religions yeah yeah the Holy Quran the, the, Torah. the Torah yeah uh, it's got a bunch of different do you ones, think each one of those religions had the the same same journey a uh, 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 oh, soldier that would be pretty interesting <laughs> now, that would be pretty interesting what did you say about the Buddha now, the question I have though is was it truly a good thing that he kept that Bible and was able to reproduce it because wasn't the whole reason for the great war in the first place religion yeah. and uh, won't this lead to another war later on well if nobody knows about it so like what, what happened in the out. past I don't think it matters no no one ever <laughs> history was meant for you to learn from it but we never do they're gonna repeat that shit yeah. they no. do it again just gotta rebuild that's the end of our movie and mm-hmm. normally at the end of once we get done talking to the whole movie we want to bring some special facts about the movie to your attention that maybe you didn't know. And uh, I'll go ahead and start and we'll, we'll do like an exchange, a fact for fact type thing. Uh, and I'll go ahead and start and say that um, Denzel's son is the one who wanted him to take this role in the first place. It was Denzel's son that had mentioned to him that, hey, this is I want you to be in this movie. I want you to try out for it because this is not a traditional Denzel role. You know, I'm, I'm used to like John Q and yeah. and stuff like that. You really and, never seen Denzel uh, outside of Equalizer, this I think this is why he did Equalizer. No, no, I think this is why he did Equalizer because people were like, "I loved you in Book of Eli doing this type of stuff," Maybe. and so he was like, oh, "Okay, I'll do that." His son talked him into Training Day first. That was the first movie his son talked him into doing. That's why he took advice from his son for this one. Wow, another fact, another fact. What Maybe. you got on this one, Grizzly? I think I already told mine because I thought we was gonna slip it in, but well, mine was. Whenever he was, because I told you he was a producer, mm-hmm. is that he wanted to work on the villain first before he worked on okay, his, okay. his own character. Because his, his own character has depth, and you didn't even know his depth until the, pretty much the end of the movie. And then Carnegie, he's like, let me go ahead and work on how good of a villain Carnegie's going to be. Because it's going to be like, at some point you'll see that it's a necessary evil, but then at other points you'll be like... I hate this dude. And I think he was a really good villain. Uh, one that uh, Devin had mentioned earlier is the for the movie Denzel Washington studied martial arts under Bruce Lee's protege, Don Inosanto. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I'll bring up another one then. Uh, when Eli first sits in the room in which Carnegie imprisons him, a poster of a movie called A Boy and His Dog is visible. That was in 1975. And A Boy and His Dog is recognized as one of the earliest post-apocalyptic movies and a source of inspiration for many dystopian and post-apocalyptic movies and video games afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The so boy and his dog is uh is is to blame for Last of Us or uh blame, Days Gone. It's not to blame, but like it's inspiration. <laughs> okay, that damn movie. God damn movie. Fuck that now. Did you know those. that the guy who wrote the script actually made video games before this? This was his first movie. What games did he make? Uh, I don't remember. They were shit. Okay, that's more like uh, <laughs> Galactica or some shit. No, it was like they were. They sounded like Dark computer Man. games. No, I, I love the fact that because I I did the uh, the special Tetris. Special effects or special effects? Special you features. Did, you did special effects? I, yeah, I did. Sorry. God, guys. Did I you know that? <laughs> I, I looked at the special features and they was doing different interviews. And I did an interview for the, the guy that created the magazine, the visual arts for it. And he was like, he was so surprised that everything in the in the magazine turned out exactly how he wanted to in the movie. So it's like the way they, they wrote, if you go through the, the magazine, it looks exactly like it does here. Like, except for the bald head, because he has like bald head and he has the uh, round glasses like Morpheus has in Matrix. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everything is pretty much the same. Hmm. If you go through like page by page, it's, it's, it's crazy. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why another reason why they did so good in theaters. Well, I got one for you that we are actually luckily, lucky that this didn't happen. Uh, Kristen Stewart turned down the role of Solara due to a scheduling conflict with the Twilight Saga, mm-hmm. New Moon. Yeah, I couldn't imagine... Christian Stewart doing the Solara role. You wouldn't have been able to see her white ass and all that sand. <laughs> she would have blended yeah. in like a fucking chameleon. <laughs> Edward. Uh, she probably ended up making a lot more money. She definitely did, but she's a shit actress. Y'all got any more? Because I got one more. I, got, I, got, I found, I didn't, it's not a fact, but uh, while I was looking up some shit, I did stumble upon the conspiracy theory blog, which I mentioned earlier, that people think that there was no religious war. That was the rapture. And oh. that's who was left. And he got a, a redemption oh, journey from God wow. to return and restore the Bible, that that was the rapture. Oh, that's and that's why they burned theory. all the religious books. Wow. They didn't know which God did it, but they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> They're going to burn them all. Well, uh, they left some hints to us as to Eli's condition, and I have them all listed here. And one was in the opening fight. Uh, he cuts the man's hand off only after being pushed, waiting until the touch uh, to get a sense of where the direct uh, to direct his blow with his machete. In the same scene, he lures the rest of them into a dark tunnel before fighting them. I've said that before. Mm-hmm. Two, in the house at the beginning, Eli looks at the sun from a window, but the pupils of his eyes don't constrict from the light. That's what I said, too. I noticed that one, too. Three, he has an extraordinary hearing and sense of smell. In several scenes, sounds of babies, shooting guns, movement, and sometimes almost insignificant sounds are emphasized. Four, at one point, after staying the night at the cooling tower ruins... Solara asks Eli, how does he know which way to go? To which he replies, we walk by faith, not by sight. Five, he doesn't put on his sunglasses right away when walking outside like everyone else does. He even appears to be staring directly at the sun. Six, he searches the shelves of the first house he checks in the beginning of the movie uh, before he finds the dead body by running his hands over them. When he finds the dead body hanging, it is very clear that his shock is caused by the door 
doors falling off the hinges, not the sight of the dead body. He even uh, feels the body before being sure of what it is he's dealing with, since he can't see anything. But he could have smelled it because... Just before finding the doors, hiding the dead body. He runs into the an end table, his thigh as if he didn't see it. We saw that. Yeah. Seven, as he walks along the highway with Zalara, he silences her so that he can hear the bird flying above them. At George and Martha's house, he kicks forward by the first step of the uh, stairs to the porch with his boot so he knows where it is. Eight, he never fires his weapon first, needing to hear the sound of shooting at him to identify the location of his target. Hence the reason he simply walks away after the last man puts his pistol down after the shootout. His use of a shotgun as a primary weapon means that his accuracy is not as critical, allowing him to aim via sound rather than sight. Nine, when Eli and Solara approach the cannibals, George and Martha's house, as they approach the steps, you can hear a brief clicking sound. Eli is using echolocation to see what is ahead of him. George asks Eli about the no trespassing sign. Can't you read the sign? And Eli responds, didn't see it. When paying for his trickle charge, he opens a Zippo lighter and passes his hand over the flame to ensure it indeed was lit and seeing the, so that the guy could see the flame. And I mentioned that earlier too. My final thoughts on this movie. I thought it was a good apocalypse movie and really off from... From what we're used to seeing from Denzel, I felt that uh, he did a great job and so did the directors at setting the tone and atmosphere of this world. I really felt that people were desperate and I feel, really felt that these people needed to hang on to every little bit that they had. I enjoyed the villain and really wanted the hero to succeed. To succeed. I liked the twist that he was fully or partially blind at the end and that God was leading him. If I were blind from the Great War, I would tell those that could see to watch this movie. Zay, if you were thirsty and haven't showered in years due to no water and everyone wants to steal your Bible, but you had a cool pair of shades, would you recommend this movie? What the fuck? Yeah, I would. I, I actually love this movie. It's like before Equalizer came out, this is my favorite movie. If I was in this situation and I had a cool pair of shades... Yeah, this would be probably one of my top 10 movies. Of all time? Of all time. Wow. Yeah. I bought it. I bought the special edition that's got the crazy metal case to it. That's got graphics all over it. If you can, since you run a comic book shop, I would like the comic of this. The little little visual thing that they have there. Is there a pop? I would like the pop if they have it. Uh Gotta make one 3D print. Yes, I would. I would. I would get it. But I, I love this movie. I, I, I give it a thumbs up. Also, I give it two thumbs up. Oh wow! Yes, that's a lot. Yes. All right, Polar. If your daughter was working for a drought-stricken bar and you were the boss's right-hand man, and he told you to pick a movie for him and the boys, would you want people to see Book of Eli? Uh, I think so. I think it's the first movie that I can think of, period, that was like a, a dystopian type wasteland that didn't involve zombies or, or something along those lines. It was it was it was strange to see. But it was yeah, it was very good. It came out at a good year. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Two thumbs up too. I like it. All right, that seems to be a all approval from all the bears over here at We Real Reels. If you have any suggestions for us for our next movie, just drop us a line at we real reels at gmails.com. Again, if you have any animes, any guns, or any topics you want Polar to express, WeRealReels at gmails.com. And you want to go ahead and tell them what we're going to do next, Grizzly? Uh, we're going to wait 
for an email from the first person that we get an email from, okay? And then we're going to go ahead and review that movie, no matter what it is, unless it's porn or something. <laughs> we'll still watch it. Yeah, we'll still watch it. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> we're guys. Uh, but if you have any suggestions, the first person that emails, we will watch it, we will review it, and we will shout you out. We real reals at gmail.com. But what happens if we don't get an email? Then yeah. we are probably going to watch the movies that we hate. No, no, what? I, I will say that. I, I don't want to keep doing movies that we love. I'm going to um, I'm gonna take this away from you, uh, Grizzly. I should have went with Polar. Uh, Polar, tell them the next move we're going to do. It's, it's uh, Blade. It won the Super Smash Brothers fucking tournament like three days ago, Zay. God dang. Son of a bitch. Uh, damn. It did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't think I told him. I don't oh, know. I, was, oh, see? I think I sent it to the group. Yeah, it was in the group. I, I did send it to the group. I don't remember that, bro. This motherfucker. I don't be paying attention to y'all, bro. Fuck y'all. Clearly, you're fucking two hours late. You ain't paying attention to the movies that we him. <laughs> Shit. All right, guys. So the next uh, movie we will be reviewing is Blade Wesley Snipes. Uh, if you like this, please like and subscribe. We're going to be doing a lot more of these. And also, you can join us on this podcast. That's right. We're looking for a fourth guest member to join us on the podcast. Just uh, email us at wereareals at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you then. All right, guys. We are out of here. Is that it for you, Grizzly? Grr. Is that it for you, Paula? Yeah, I'm out. Bye.